Welcome to D Comedy, our rewatch, review, whatever you want to call it, podcast. Uh, hey th- guys, it's me. <laughs> yep. And well, I was gonna give you the lead in. Uh, as always, your D commentators this month are me, Luke, and me, Emma, and just us this month. And I know we actually were on a pretty hot streak of guests for a bit, but we actually decided well, today is special. Today is so special. It's gonna make a day of it. We're gonna make a day of it <laughs> because this is our one year anniversary episode. Luke, insert an air horn in editing. I made an air horn I just in case it doesn't work. We'll see. Who's uh, to say? Who's to say? Uh, but so this is our one year anniversary app. We released our first episode on August 31st, 2016. We have reviewed um, a movie a month ever since then. Oh. So the first year of DCOMs are out of the way. And it's, it's weird, right? It's weird. I feel old and also unfulfilled. <laughs> I don't know. I feel pretty dang fulfilled. Mm. We, we've had some good times going down this crazy winding road we find ourselves on. But, uh, yeah, so this is our anniversary episode. I feel like there's a lot riding on this one. Why don't we just hop right I in? I don't do well under pressure. No, I neither do I. I crumble under pressure. I crumble pre- under I crumble. pressure, so I think it's best to just, let's just see how it all plays out. Play it fast and loose. Let me just say this, listeners. Lower your expectations. <laughs> I think it's always good to come into this podcast with incredibly, incredibly low, low expectations. expectations. There's no way to go from... There's nowhere to go from up. There's nowhere nope. to go from here. Emma's nowhere drink, to go but In up. case you couldn't hear, Emma's drinking wine right now. So I truly am bad at expressions, though, and I always mix it up. If there's you, if you lower go, your expectations, there's nowhere to go, go but up. up. There you go. Um, but so let's kick things off. I actually don't have any DCOM news this month. There were like some small stuff, but nothing really worth talking about. The main thing is just that like three of the things we've been talking about for months. Descendants have, 2 drop, Descendants which we'll two. review eventually when yeah. it comes down when the we, pipeline when, when for us. When we get us. to it. We uh, Raven's, Raven's Home came out. That's been going pretty strong. And the DuckTales reboot, uh, they released the first like two episodes, like a one hour special type thing. So just a quick overview. M has not seen Dennis Descendants 2. I actually sat down and watched the goddamn thing. It was, I didn't have time for it. Yeah, you didn't miss much. It's not bad. I will say that. It's enjoyable, but it's not great because it's very all over the place. It's just like in the first one, there's a plot. And characters, and the characters relate to that plot in unique ways. This one, there's like seven different subplots. And, that seems like a lot. And none of them, original movie. and like one of them is interesting. They can barely do one Yeah, plot. yeah. And like Mal's plot is interesting. Carlos's plot is kind of interesting. Evie's whole plot is basically just she, tying into Mal's plot, kind of. Jay has no plot. His plot goes to Mulan's daughter, Lonnie, for some reason. All right. But, uh, but it was still enjoyable. Check it out if you're at all interested, I guess. If you like the first one. You, also, but I will say a quick We like Dev Cameron. She's the most beautiful woman alive. <laughs> okay. I will say, Emma, you saw you watched Rotten to the... Nope, not Rotten to the Core. That's the good one. You watched Ways to be Wicked, the music video, yes. right? Yes. That is how they open the film, and it has nothing to do with the rest of the film. Good. It's, good. It's, it's, I, because I was really excited watching the music video. I was like, oh... Oh, they're, they're turning everyone they're, evil. They're, they're turning all the school evil. Why are they doing that? What is going to happen in the story that makes them do that? That has nothing to do with the plot? Nope. That is just a kind of dream sequence in the beginning. Now, I say kind of because no one is asleep. 
She's just standing there, and then you zoom out of her eye, and then we're back in the actual story. <laughs> oh, I thought that was going to be like a major turn. So did point. I. It's or nothing. they were going to turn everyone wicked. It's absolutely nothing. All right, good to know going in. Yeah. We'll keep yeah, my expectations low, as we talked mm-hmm. about earlier. It's also... Keep them low, It's folks. also probably the best song in the movie, because I was singing That it. was the only music video that I liked. Yeah, yeah, I was singing it well after. I was just like, I was like, man, none of the songs are really good, and then I was just like, walk around just going, we got all the ways, ways to, to be. be. W-I-C-K-E-D. Anyway... Uh, so that, that's what I thought about that. I actually haven't watched Raven's Home. Emma, have you watched Raven's Home? I have watched Raven's Home. I watched the first episode when I was super hungover one day and just really needed to <laughs> needed be to go horizontal. Home. Needed to be horizontal. And I needed to be taken home. To take I home. had nothing else to do. And um, it was good, honestly. I mean, just for the nostalgia value, I also find Raven incredibly funny. Oh, and yeah. Her little quips. I liked it. I enjoyed it. Is it kind of dumb? Yes. But is it also a show for children? Also, yes. It's yes. good. Okay. So, I actually saw something I saw that really interested me was that in the second episode, her boyfriend from Raven's, from That's So Raven comes back and he's revealed to actually be the dad. Yes, and I, I was like, that. And I was like, that's a good nod. Way to go, Disney. It's a good nod. You got the guy back. I, I'm a fan of that. Still wish Corey could get Corey back, but, but hey, I gotta bring that up again. Yeah, but hey, it's he's, he's still out there and God willing, he will be in the house. Anyway, uh, last thing was the DuckTales reboot. If you're vaguely on the internet, if you follow people on YouTube who do nostalgia stuff, everyone's talking about it. It's really good. I, Emma hasn't watched it yet. I loved it. I thought it was great. There were some things that I thought I felt were kind of off, um, but I really like where it's going. It's got me very excited for the future. Check it out uh, 100%. It's on YouTube. Just go on YouTube and watch it. It's great. It's really good. My main problem is that I can barely understand Donald Duck in like all of it. It doesn't make it's he's inc- he's incomprehensible most I mean, of the he's time. He's notoriously hard to understand. I know, Duck. but I, I understand that that it's Donald Duck. But in this one, it's pretty bad. And I actually thought like they got like a replacement Donald Duck specifically for this because it was like, oh, we need a new Donald Duck for this Didn't new he show. Die? No, it's been the same guy since like the nineties. Okay, it's the, it's the guy who was Donald Duck on the original Ducktales. So maybe he just got older and more incomprehensible. Okay, but it's a good show. Check it out. So before we get into our movie, we wanted to do a little celebration of the past year because there have been some real highs and some real lows. I uh, mean, some real lows. Some real lows. In some the of movie. us just them just being our own jokes and that, commentating. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so we wanted to br- resurrect a segment that we've only done one other time before, which is what we called head to head, where we debate head to head and also put things head to head. It's wordplay. So they're kind of some best of categories, like the movies we've watched in the past 12 months, the past 12 movies. These are some of our, some of our winners, some shining stars, some things that stood out for us. We're going to talk about what's going to take home the trophy. But also in the spirit of like the Razzies, there's also some worst stuff categories. Also because, important. Also, also important. important. Whenever listen, when you're reviewing decoms, you have to take the good with the bad. Mm-hmm. And, more and a often, lot of it's bad. And more often out there's bad. But hey, that's why we love them. So um, let's just hop right in, and we're gonna talk tackle. The number one problem we have with a lot of Disney Channel original movies, which are the parents of the, our characters. Make or break Make category or break. for a lot of movies. Yes. Uh, so I have tried to exclude anyone who is dead because I feel like that's unfair. Which and is, that is a they, huge mm-hmm. portion of the parents of Disney Channel original movies. Yep. That is under- Most of them are. That it, uh, rest in peace. Yes, dead. <laughs> Most of them, yeah. But so let's start out. We've got the dad from Pixel Perfect. The blatant chauvinist. Wait, what is this? Is this worst or best? Oh, worst. Sorry. Sorry. Worst parent. We're going to start worst parent. Worst parent. Worst parent. So we're going to start with the dad from Pixel Perfect, the blatant chauvinist. That guy was messed up. Yeah, he was really bad. Um, The mom from Pixel Perfect, who does not make an appearance in the film. She's not there. No, but I felt the need to include it because she legit left her son with this horrible, horrible man. Yeah, she's an absentee mother, which you don't see a lot. Yeah, so I felt felt the need to include her. 
Um, the dad from Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off, again, blatant chauvinist. Yeah. Outright sexist. Although, I although I will say... Very not in touch with his son. Very out of touch with his son. And to a, to a fault. To a fault. Yeah. Um, and then the dad from Johnny Tsunami, who... Quite a dick. Who, a dick and also even more out of touch with his son. Because he just, like, blatant... Because, like, at least... Also, just a real hate of surfing. Yeah. And Both like, the dad... From any million dollar cook-off and from Johnny Tsunami had a really weird, weird hates. Yes. Uh, like almost irrelevant. Entirely irrelevant. Entirely inconsequential. But hates. my my thing between the difference between them is the dad knew that Eddie that sorry, the dad knew Johnny loved surfing and hated it. The dad knew Eddie did indeed love baseball and then hated the cooking part. So he at least embraced half of what his son was about. Yeah. So still problematic. Still problem I'm not no, this is all problematic. This is all bad. But like what's your pick here, Emma? Who are you who are you going to bat for? Who do I think is the worst? Who do you think parent? is the worst out of these? You also, if you feel the need, if you feel like I missed somebody, I feel like I ran most of these by you and you're cool with them. But if you think the I only missed... one that I would like to give an honorable mention to is maybe the dad from Smart House, because that guy was a fucking idiot. He was he was an idiot and a bit of a horn dog. Yeah, he was a horn dog, and I don't think I would qualify him as a straight up bad person, but he just really was letting like he wasn't really doing a great job. If anything. Dad. Ben is the parent in that movie. That's what I'm saying. He was letting his children raise themselves. Mm -hmm, But I think if I had to pick, I think these are really probably the top four. I truly think the dad from Eddie's Million Dollar Cookout, like really, cook-off, really ground my gears. Maybe that's because I'm a woman. I did not like what he was putting down. I'm gonna I'm gonna partially agree with you, but I am going to disagree with you (laughs) because uh, I agree with your comment. I do agree, but also disagree. I I get where you're coming from. But like... Because my thing is that he showed up for his son at the end of the film. You're right. I did cry at the end. He cried at the end, and that was the best part of the movie is when he shows up to help his son cook. The dad from Johnny Tsunami, however... Never really. He, he kind of comes around he, the end. But he lets him do it. That's, like, his big thing. It's like, hey, you can snowboard slash surf? I forget what his whole thing was. He just, was. like, snowboards at the end. Yeah, well, then he's like, oh, you can go back to Hawaii if you want. Like, does he? No, he does. He decides, and I think he decides he doesn't want to, but, like, he says, like, you can go back to Hawaii if you want, is what he says. And so he kind of embraces his son's lifestyle, but at the same time, well, you know what, actually, mm, because, no. The dad from Pixel Perfect also just sucks. Yeah, I think, you know what, I'm going to go with dad from Pixel Perfect. I think we can both meet in the middle on dad from Pixel Perfect. Yeah, because my thing with the Johnny Tsunami dad is, is he, the reason he was a dick is because he was trying to make a good life for his son. And it sounds like the grandpa also might have been absentee. Well, yeah, the grand. He He was always catching those sweets. Yeah, he didn't have a good role model in terms of, in terms of being a father. Um, but so, and, but the dad from Pixel Perfect just blatantly ignored his son because of business. And then only came around at the end when his son was successful. Yeah, I'm gonna say yeah, Pixar Picks Perfect. My worst parent. The, mo- the mom's not much better in that film, but again, well, she's, she's not there. She's not. She's not there. But okay, so we're gonna give it to the dad from Pixel Perfect, who is basically a sexist, much like his son, um, a bad dad, yeah. basically absentee until he can sees a cash cow. Exactly. Um, so let's move on to the flip side of that coin, which is the best parent nominees. They, these were slim pickings, let me tell you. <laughs> these were... Really? These were really hard, these fun were, needle in a haystack, yeah, if these you know were hard, what I mean. These were hard to find. But, um, number one, I've got Doctor and Doctor Possible from Kim Possible, So the Drama. Good. Because I feel, again, I know those are two, but I feel like they work best as a unit. Um, Gwen from Halloween Town. Oh, two? Uh, yeah. Uh, Dave Coulier, I don't know his character's name, from the 13th year. And then the queen from Princess Protection Program. I feel like there was one that I thought about. Oh, I almost... Oh, I, f- I would like to give an honorable mention to Lexi's dad from 
get a clue because he was kind of nice and he like yeah he kind of helped her with her taught about journalism but he's basically absent from Since the entire he, yeah then he let his children get up to too much mischief he did he really did he was not watching this wasn't t- paying attention they, at they all they get involved in a murder investigation <laughs> they truly could have been almost killed they, multiple times they were almost killed, killed but, yeah uh, that's not great parenting that's not but I felt like we should not mention I it. would say that I love I loved the queen yes she also made I, you cry I, I cried during the scene with the necklace but I don't know if she was really present enough for me to award this award to her okay like she was basically held captive the entire time true though a beautiful woman and a badass mm-hmm. i think for me it has to go for, to gwen from halloween I'm, I'm gonna agree with you on that one i don't mean i'm the main reason i'm snubbing doctor and dr p um i'm sorry as ron calls them mr dr p and mrs dr p um is because they come from a show in which they're already kind of well established and written and it's not so much seen in the movie, the movie. but it's but i mean it's there but it's just like you know they're good parents from the show dave coulier in the 13th year is good i do like him he's a good dad yeah but i think gwen just outshines him because mm-hmm. she's a boss witch she is there for her kids well, granted even she's though mad she doesn't kids. agree with her mother she is there for her yes. mother in her time of need 100 percent. they all is come there together for her kids they come she's, together yeah she's I, she's Gwen's great the baddest granted, bitch granted, she did fall in love with a psychopath and make him want to take over the human world. That's, that's not, not on her. That's not on her. As someone who's fallen in love with many psychopaths, <laughs> it's not on her. It's not on her. Um, so yeah, we'll give that one to Gwen uh, Ooh, Cromwell from Halloween Cromwell. Town. Almost forgot her name for a second. Um, now we're going to get to this, this, the uh, category I'm most excited for, and I feel like this is going to be the hottest debate. Best original song. This is the only one <laughs> I care about. Uh, and uh, and so, I say that dead seriously. Dead, yes. It's, it's, it is going to be a heated one. Number one, Can't Stop Singing Teen Beach Movie. A bop. A bop. An undeniable bop. An undeniable bop. Get a clue from Get a Clue. Another undeniable Another bop. bop. The House is Jumping from Smart. A banger. A banger. Um, Notice Me from Pixel Perfect. And I did I did consider... Emma, maybe you can fill this in. I did consider one in the same for Prince Program, but I didn't wasn't sure if that was written for the film. I think it was, but it does it doesn't it's probably five. It doesn't it's not up with the other four. Okay. So you're good with this list. Mm-hmm. Nothing else is jumping out no. at you. Okay. <laughs> Where are you land? Emma's face is so serious. I think I need right to now. quit this podcast. <laughs> I can't I the house's jump in is cut for yeah, me. Yeah, me too. I but I felt like I needed to include it. Honestly, I think it's I can't stop singing from Teen Beach movie. Really? For me? That is really surprising. I thought you were going to go notice me in a, in a heartbeat. It's between that or Can't Stop Singing. I, you know, I like the Get I, I agree with you. How I like the Get It Clue song. I, I do. But, but, it's, I like but it's it also the, not in the movie that much. Yes. And, it's, and it works in the context that it is in the movie as like that montage music. Yeah. But I wouldn't take out take it out of the movie and, like, want to listen to it. As to where the other two can't stop singing and notice me, like, I would bop to that in yeah. some headphones. I also want to give an uh, honorable mention to Cruisin' for a Bruisin', because that's my favorite song for Teen Beach Movie, and I'm sure Emma wants to give an honorable mention for uh, Like Me from yes, Teen Beach Movie. Which, which is her favorite. But Can't Stop Singing is a solid yeah, choice. That's... But, you know, I think for me... Well, here's the thing, is that I've been singing Notice Me since I first saw Pixel Perfect in, like, 2000-whatever-it-was, so I think I gotta give it to Notice Me, but I have been singing "Can't Stop Singing" a lot since I watched Teen Beach Movie. I think we're gonna have to agree to disagree on this one. Okay. Because I think it should be the one for Teen Beach Movie. Okay, I will give you that one, but I Notice Me is is a genuine bop. They're both bops. They're both bops. Man, that was a real Sophie's Choice type yeah, situation. Yeah, I'm really upset. I'm not even over it. No, uh, let's move on. Get it out of our brains. Now we're gonna move on to the uh, protagonist category because we've had a lot of again studs and duds in the protagonists. Um, so worst protagonist, because we start with a negative here. Got to. We've got Ben from Smart House. Fuck that guy. Mm-hmm. Alex slash Bing Bling from You Wish. 
fuck that guy even more. Mm, yeah. Roscoe from Pixel Perfect. Idiot. Yeah, well, also sexist. Also moron. And Johnny from Johnny Tsunami, just kind of an idiot. I would not give it to Johnny. I think for me, this is tough because I hate a lot of these people. Yeah. Has to be the kid from Smart House. I fucking really? hated that kid. He was, I know it was our first movie, look, but you got to think back to how annoying that fucking kid was. He was pretty bad. But at the same time, I didn't hate, I wasn't actively hating him like I was Roscoe and Pixel Perfect. Roscoe, I actively hate the kid from everything, Smart House. I, yeah, you've been hating the kid from Smart House from day one. But I'm saying when I first watched Roscoe, I was like, I hate everything about this man. He's a horrible person and I don't like him. Although I will say Alex slash Bling is a close second for me because he I hate him because he's just bad. He's a terrible person he, and doesn't understand anything. He, at yeah, he, like he's just bad at everything. He's an ungrateful bitch. That's he's, what he is. He's very bad. So are you locked in at Ben? Because I'm locked in with Roscoe. You know what? I'll switch to Roscoe. You think so? Minute. I forgot how mean he was to women. We're going yeah, to Roscoe. Yeah, we're going to go Roscoe. Now we're going to switch it to the positive side of that. Also, corner. his name is Roscoe. Yeah, it's which also, is yes. That not a good name. Another. Um, but we're going to go to our best protagonist nominees, which are the ones we actually liked. And I've got Carter and Rosie, Prince of Protection Program. Great. Again, a team, so kind of two, but I... They were I do want... I'm not going to say anything. Oh. But I do want to say something. <laughs> and if you see something, you should say something. Okay. And I want to point out that all of the four worst protagonists were men. That is true. And we're now coming down <laughs> to our four best protagonists. And they are all women, well, except, except with one male and female duo. Duo. There is not one non-female list. That is, nominee. Emma, you, I did not realize that when compiling this list. And I don't want to make something out of nothing, but I'm just, correlation does not equal causation, but I'm just saying men are trash. And that's, <laughs> especially the Disney data Channel men. supports it. Disney the data Channel supports Disney it. Disney Channel men are especially trash. No, but I didn't let me finish the list. Carter and Rosie, Prince of Protection Program. Great. Marnie from Halloween Town. Amazing. Brady and Mac from Teen Beach Movie. And Lexi from Get a Clue. I think you know where I'm going to land. Really? Because I th- I was thinking for you, you seem to be really into Marnie, but I was thinking you're going to go P- Prince of Protection Program or Lexi. Lexi from you're Get a Clue. I'm with you on Lexi. But she's a bad bitch. <laughs> she she is crazy. the baddest bitch. She's Lindsay good. Lindsay Lohan, why'd you go crazy on Lindsay us? Lindsay Lohan, she, oh, she's oh, so good. Oh, she locked it down. For me, if I had to pick a second, I'd give it to Marnie. Um, I do love Marnie, but Marnie does get a little annoying at times where she's, like, so into Halloween. Yes, Marnie like, loses chill. me. Marnie loses me sometimes, at least in the first Halloween town. Yes. But, um, uh, but Lexi, as much as I do... And Carter was also, some like, a massive bitch for, like, no yeah, reason for a lot of yeah. that movie. And then also Brady and Mac, like, Mac was so obsessed with getting home. And their Brady motivations really were so obsessed. unclear. They were, they, they didn't... They were fun to I watch, though. I liked them both, and I liked their chemistry, but, like, yes. their motivations annoyed me sometimes. I always liked Lexi's motivation. Like, she was just trying to solve a fucking mystery, That's okay? That's true. I, and uh, granted, I didn't like her at times, and I didn't like, like, her narration, but she saw... She, she was just a motivated bitch. Yeah, I like that about her. And now we're going to go to our final category, two of our final categories, which are our antagonists, the bad guys. Because, you know, everybody everybody loves the villains. Everybody loves a good and dick. As, and as I learned in uh, Descendants 2, everyone wants to be chilling like a villain. <laughs> Stop it. Sorry. Um, number one, worst antagonist. Derek from Minutemen. Number two, the Eagles from Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off. Number three... Were, the, were they the, even? We'll get there in a second. Number I'm three, sorry. Les Camembert and Dr. Fusion from Teen Beach Movie. And four, Meanie and or Granville from Get a Clue. 
Now, I we were talking. We have to talk about, about this. Da- we have to talk about like, Derek. <laughs> we have to talk about if we're talking about someone that you genuinely disliked and truly only hoped that like bad things happened to them. Because that's Derek. That's I truly hope. But the also, worst you could man. say that for Les Campbell. Or do you Dr. want Fusion. someone someone that just was like annoyingly bad and like poorly written, badly and, like, written, didn't, like didn't work with the plot. plot? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what are you talking about? So like, I think that's the call we need to make first. Because the reason I put Derek on here, also not just because he's the worst. He's I genuinely think. You know what? I just want to vote for Derek. I don't I don't care whether that no, machine's category because I just want him yeah, to no, fucking... Here's what, here's what I'm going to say. Here's what we're going to do. Die. Is, yes, obviously, I wish he was dead. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to take Derek out and I'm going to say he is the single worst character. Yes. He, in terms of like, you wrote a character who everyone is, who everyone hates. You nailed it. Derek's the worst I human. Hate him. He's a horrible human being. I still am getting hot right yeah, now thinking about him. I'm hot. I'm hot. I'm sweating. Um, and because, but also, I'm also going to take him out because he wasn't that much of an antagonist, really. Just towards the end, he kind of like started doing dickish things to our protagonists. And then we realized he was revealed to be a massive dick bag. Well, yeah. So I'm going to take him out of the running for that. But trust me, he is the worst human being alive. Um, but for me, this goes to Les Camembert and Dr. Fusion from Teen Beach Movie. The Eagles, they sucked. Emma's right. The Eagles were not in Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off, I literally, they're so irrelevant, we couldn't yeah, even give them an award. 100%. But, like, um, Les Camera and Diffusion actively ruined that film for me. Yeah, they were every actually se- the worst part of that movie. Every second the camera is on them, I zone out. I'm yeah. done. I'm done with it. You lose your audience. I would be in it for a musical number, and then mm-hmm. I see them and them out. And while the meanie in Granville, uh, well, Granville is, like, the reveal is kind of dumb, and, like, his whole thing about a private detective is kind of lame... It's not as bad as, as no, their the, thing. No, the, the other thing is so much worse and so much stupider. Um, yeah, so I'm going to give his last Camembert and Dr. Fusion. They suck. <laughs> uh, let's go to the best antagonist, though, because this is where we got some heat coming. We've got Calabar slash Calabar, both spelled with a C and a K. We will never know. Well, that still hasn't been resolved. Um, Brett from Johnny Tsunami, Dr. Draken from Kim Possible, or Pat from Smart House. I think this is a runaway. You think it's Pat? No, oh. it's fucking Calabar with a C and also with a K. That mm, I was kind of thinking Pat though. No, because Pat's an interesting. Pat's like, annoying, bitch. Well, here, but but Calabar's plan makes no sense. I don't care. He's kind of hot in the I, beginning. Okay, um, he's also he really evil. He's trying to like fuck shit up. Okay, Pat's I will just say. trying to like be someone's mom in a creepy way. Yeah. Okay, but I will say this: Calabar, aside from the villain in the movie we watched this month, they equally are the only two villains we legit saw, aside from maybe Doctor Draken, who like wanted to kill people. People were going to die if they had I think the Princess Protection Program people wanted to kill people. No, they wanted to, like... They They had swords. Yeah, but they didn't have guns. They threw them. (laughs) They threw the swords. No one has guns. But they wanted to put the princess and the queen in, like, a work camp. They specifically said, we're not going to kill you. We're going to put you in a work camp. Well, work camps also aren't I know, but I'm saying... But I'm saying... Calabar wanted to destroy the mortal world. He either wanted to kill and or enslave all of us. I'm not sure. Again, his motivation and plan was kind of lame. A kind of off the wall. Dr. Dragon had a, like, the reason I put him on here... Dr. Dragon is a joke villain. This is not not even entertaining that idea. But what I'm saying, the reason I put him on here is because, A, he's like the quintessential Kim Possible villain, A. B... He they really stepped him up for the movie. Like he had a legitimately good plan for the movie, and they the movie recognizes I don't care. like this, oh. this, I'm done with this. Okay, so you're giving it to Calabar? Yes. He even comes back for two. He has he revenge. Does, he does have revenge. He does have revenge. No one else has revenge. I I like Pat though. It's such an interesting. All right, then we will agree to disagree, but we need to keep. Okay, moving. I will give Calabar a close second. But that's the only. Uh, that's the last of my categories. But if you have any other ideas, listeners for categories, shoot them at us. Why not? 
It's yeah. gonna be fun. But that was that was our entire first year of DCOMs in a list. So I hope you enjoyed that yeah, little that nugget. Was, that was fun. But let's start talking about. Let's start talking about Xenon, the, Girl of the 21st Century. The seminal classic. We say classic every episode. This I, one's it's, actually. It's classic. never been said more truly than this one. This. This is a truly this, fantastic. This is a film. good movie. <laughs> like I don't like. Don't, let's not split hairs. There are problems with it. And they become. I very don't cool. see a single but, problem. <laughs> but like, where you just you just get lost in it. You I just, got lost in it, guys. Lo- I watched this on a flight, and yeah, did I get weird looks from the woman crammed next to me in a coach seat about why I was watching Xenon, Girl of the Twenty First Century, and taking elaborate notes on what was happening? Yeah, yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Did I care? No, no. Was I having two white wines and enjoying myself immensely? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was. Because it's just a good film. I laughed. I laughed too. I did you laughed. cry? I didn't cry. This is one where I actually did not cry. Well, there's not that many like sad moments, I would say. Yeah, no, there were moments where I was, I legitimately, I was, I was There watching. were moments where I was inspired by mm-hmm. her fashion, her mm-hmm. bravery. Also, also we should mention me and Emma are recording this in the same room because anniversary, woo. But uh, I was watching this last night while Emma was sleeping in the room and I was worried I was going to wake her up because I was laughing at the film. Wow, you also are a loud laugh. I laugh very loud. I'm sure people on this podcast are aware of that. I actually have to, actually you might not because I have to um, mute my laughs a little bit so they don't I'm blow kind of a silent laugher. But like, it's like I laugh so hard I can't breathe, so I'm but pretty good. But listen, we stalled long enough. Let's talk, start talking about Xenon. Let's get into this. So we open in the year 2049. Okay, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I watched this movie when I was really young. Oh yeah, and, like, let's talk about I watched history it again. I used to, I watched the movie when I was like six. This movie came out when I was like six, and I remember loving it. I remember I was a blonde little kid with some heavy front bang, and I remember really admiring Xenon, wanting to also rock one singular earring with like a massive shiny disc on it. <laughs> and now, of course, like I watched it again as it would be on yeah, um, yeah, later yeah. when it, like the sequels came out. It would, the Disney Channel played <laughs> it all the time. The sequels. The sequels. I watched it all the time. But going into this, the one thing I could not remember when I like press play was like what fucking year is this supposed to be <laughs> i was like because there's because like fill of the future was like 22nd century so that's actually supposed to be like very significantly in the future yeah this is not that far away this is 2049 that's what is we're it? gonna live to see 2049 god willing but yeah <laughs> i do live pretty fast you guys i don't know who's to say you, you have said you are here for a good time not a long time not a long time but uh yeah they, but the thing is you're right they open up 2049 and that kind of become the movie's biggest problem because it has trouble deciding what 2049 has is like no idea what 2049 but, but is like since i was talking about yeah let's talk about uh my history with xenon i actually came in late i came into the part with Xenon Z3 and it was one of my favorite things ever. It's a great, great time. I haven't watched in a long time. Maybe it's bad. I don't know. I loved it as a kid. Um, and I watched Xenon. I don't think to this day I've ever seen the sequel. I've only ever seen the, the first and the third one. Oh, I've seen all three of them. Um, but I saw the first one a while ago and then re-watching that, I, I remembered a couple things. I didn't remember the plot. I didn't remember. All I remembered was her like earring and being in the tra- dumpster diving whole thing and living on the space. The basic premise. But I also remembered it a lot more about being a girl who from space who gets sent to Earth. And that's not as much what it's about. There's also like a whole evil plot and it's see. I remember thrilling. basically everything about this movie except for and like and like, I remember specific outfits, cars, sets. But I did not could not remember why the fuck <laughs> they were trying to collapse this space station. And it turns out. The movie doesn't know that either. Yeah, yeah, it's very... So there's a good reason I didn't remember Yeah, it. we'll get to that in We'll a jump into it. But that but, was the only thing I yeah. couldn't really piece together for myself. And also what year it was in. Yeah. 2049. That 2049. is... Really, I thought it was going to be like year 3000. Mm-hmm. Like, no, it's not that far away. No, it's not that far away. It's, it's, it's scarily close, honestly. Um, but so it's 2049. 
We open on a, like a futuristic alarm clock as Xenon. How leave. many Disney Channel original movies start with someone being late for school? Because that is a that's, that's a, a sad. I'd love that's to run. That's a trope. That's a trope. They're always because they're so precocious and different. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, not again. Like I, I was f- working on my stats. Or yeah, I, was, like, I feel like this was our first one, but I'm sure there are more. No, there's a lot. Mm-hmm. Or like shows. Everyone's always definitely late for shows. School. Definitely everyone's late for school. But so we meet our main character, Xenon Carr, which Xenon is an okay like future name. Carr is kind of lame. I felt like Nebula's name is way better nebula wade that's yeah. a cool future name but so she's late for school her parents we meet her parents but Gotta say something about her parents really quick i like how in 2049 instead of wearing lab coats scientists wear long satin yellow jackets yes which look like robes <laughs> yes and i will and i want to give the movie a bit of credit in the open the, the opening sequence is pretty good where you don't really get what's going on like because they don't reveal they're in a space station yet because yeah. like xenon just wakes up she's like oh she says the the most famous quip from all of this. Zetus Lapidus. 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 Which is like an exclamation of like, ah, darn, or or surprise. I don't know. First of all, it's like holy shit. I think. Yeah. Oh my god. Holy shit. Zetus Lapidus. I do want to say that I remember this being a thing. Yeah. When I was younger, like people being like, Zetus Lapidus. And like, this was, I did not remember how prevalent it is it's in this movie. It's pretty, they say it all they, the time. Like, this is going to be disaster major. I can't get all into all the inky details. Yeah. But like, this is intergalactically insane. There are points in this movie where. I don't, don't think they're speaking English. Speaking no. English. Well, they are not speaking English. And I have to give, this is actually a part of my notes that I really appreciated from the film, is that there's kind of a decent amount of world building in this. Yes. Where they have There's like, a whole other language they've created in the, slang. No, there's two. Because the Earth slang, Xenon doesn't get. It's different than the space, space slang. Because all the space station slang is just like celestial bodies where it's like supernova is cool. That is supernova. Supernova is like way cool. And if it's bad, it's inky Inky or like gritty details and if it's it's like a lot like it's it's like disaster major major. or like problem minor and then on yeah and then on earth it's like viral is bad bad and And then then, um something's good it's alpha yeah and then like uh if something's cool it's graphic is what they say that no something's beautiful because our freaking greg because like if something's beautiful romantically greg Greg. (laughs) you don't hear that sentence often folks but he greg is like if something's beautiful it's graphic I don't saying remember that, yeah. that. I think I blacked that due to yeah. like trauma. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, major, minor. They use that so. Oh, much. also, Stellaris is like a comment, and it's like that, or just stellar. Stellar, that, or, that, or like that is so Stellaris, or that's, that's so stellar. super stellar, or whatever. Like it's all celestial body saying, but I kind of love it. <laughs> no, I, it's great, and I also want to give Kristen Storm some fucking kudos because she sells this she, fucking. She carries these lines this film. That don't mean anything. That are yeah. complete. There is. They will be two lines she has back to back and I'm like that's not English and she (laughs) sells them yeah that's the thing she has I will say she falters sometimes when just like talking to people normally but when she needs to be like girl from the future she crushes it and I will say we gave her a little crap for her acting job in Johnny Tsunami she's fantastic in this film but oh I was saying about the reveal is they don't reveal they're on the space station yet but then she's just like oh well I'd rather be up here than down there and then she pulls a a shutter and then we see Earth and I was like oh that's actually kind of cool because if you don't know 
what this movie is, you're, it's, it's a neat reveal. Oh, re- Sean Space Station. Got yeah, it. Yeah, it's a neat reveal. But so she lives on the Windcom Space Station, which I remember being like a space colony, but it's really like a floating research lab. Yeah, where it's like, just like a lab, and there's it's not that as many people as you would yeah, think. It's, it's like just, scientists and their kids. Yeah, it's scientists and then their kids and like the people who run the station because they're not like, like who pilot it and grow the food and serve the food yeah. or whatever. But so she goes to like school that's taught by like a hologram, which is kind of a neat idea. And um, we meet we meet Commander Plank, who's like in charge, of, in charge of the whole station. There's a uh, but let's talk about the Emma. Is there a fashion corner? Or are we gonna say that till we get to Earth? I'm gonna have to sprinkle it in at any given moment. Okay. Because because I, when they're up in space, it's not bad because you're like it's the future. It's fine. I love it, and I also think yeah. it's coming back in like that. Whatever look she's rocking up on that space day is soon to be also yes. Also right now. Also in the slang is just abbreviating stuff like space day. It is. looks like American Apparel. Yeah, space day. I remember that from this movie that they called it the space day, and I was I waiting for her to start using it. Also, um. Really quickly, just jumping back in to the hologram teacher. Chelsea Clinton. President Chelsea Clinton! <laughs> my heart soared. I was like, Chelsea Clinton? I lost it. Who was fucking president at this time? Uh, 99 would have been... Clinton. Is it Bill Clinton? I think it would have still been Bill Clinton, yeah. I, I th- See, I thought that... Because when they said Ch- President Clinton, yeah, I was like, was, it's, it's going to be Hillary. And then I was, was like, oh, fuck. He was January 20th, 93 to 2001. Okay, so, so. yeah, it was Bill Clinton. And oh, I also thought they were mention. saying it was Hillary, and then I was yeah, like, no, I, I thought they were doing Hillary, too. Also, we should mention this movie, as I, I mentioned this before, this movie came out on my birthday in 1999. I was three, so I didn't see it. But me and Zion were both, have shared the same birthday, which I think is neat. Anyway, yeah, I thought they were going to do Hillary Clinton, too, because, like, a bunch of movies have made that joke before, that Hillary yeah. Clinton's going to be president in the future. Uh, but when they did Chelsea, I was like, oh, that's funny, because that's one of his daughters, right? It's Chelsea Clinton? This is his only daughter. This is only, only have one he kids. only has one? Yeah. So we're, are you a fan of Chelsea Clinton? Because I know you have a weird obsession no, with No, I her. love Chelsea Clinton. Yeah. I think she's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I thought. I was really I, excited about her being I, the president. I, I wrote down, I was like, I don't know if this is funny or not. I'm going to ask Emma, because no, she likes incredible. Chelsea Clinton. I, I love her. Um, I don't want this podcast to get political, but I will just say I do love me some Chelsea Clinton, but, and I was really excited about but this. But so, uh, Xenon is kind of notorious on the space station for being a troublemaker, and like not necessarily like bullying or pulling pranks or something just kind of like she's kind of like a precocious bitch yeah she's, she's excitable like, yeah. and like she's running through the halls and everything also when she sits down we meet her best friend Nebula Wade played by Raven Qu- Queen Raven Simone um, who is very young in this and is they're both I'm assuming about 13 some yeah I think they are 13 in the actual thing but I don't know how old they but are I'm assuming they are actually they're 14 yeah they're close um, her acting is not bad, but it's a little off sometimes because she's literally just like, and it's not terrible, but sometimes she's more natural than others, yeah. but she's still Raven Simone and I'm glad she's here. Um, but so she's goofing off on the computer while the teacher's talking and she learns that there is going to be the first ever rock concert in space, space. by the band called Microbe, Microbe, which again, future stuff, whatever. And she's excited. All of her friends are excited. She has another girlfriend who I don't know or care about. And then two guy friends who um, are only kind of important. One of them is Leo and his dad has the, codes, the code pad. The That's code the pad. only like relevance mm-hmm. that he has. That's, and then the other guy's just kind of a jerk. Who cares? So she's like super excited. Microbe's coming. All the girls are freaking out because she has a huge crush on the lead singer. Protozoa is mm-hmm. his name, which we will talk about Protozoa later because there's a lot there's a lot to talk about with protozoa so she runs and tells her parents oh my gosh oh my gosh microbes coming be the first band in space it's gonna be lit also 
I think this is the point where they say they're having a contest for, for someone to dance to on dance stage. on stage during the concert. With she protozoa. discovers this like in class. She, right? Yeah, I said that as the teacher yeah, and she gets called out for not paying attention to class. Yeah. Also, we get to we get a little insight into the parents uh, here and later. And I will say, first of all, she has a full family. Yes. Um, and not I, that they don't have their problems. Not that they don't have the problems. And I love the dad. The dad is like crazy goofy and says yeah. weird stuff. And I just think he's fun. The mom is meant to be a little more um, stuck up or whatever. And then at lunch, uh, because of school or whatever, but also yeah. like it's a communal lunch, like the adults are eating there too because everyone eats lunch in the same place. At lunch, Commander Plankton comes in front of everybody and says, okay guys, listen up. Mr. I don't know what his first name is. What Wyndham, the guy who owns the space station, is coming up to visit. We need to put on a show to uh, make him think. Invest more money in to us. Invest and more not money. Shut us because down. Because we have a lot of. We need not a, doing anything. We need a lot of repair. Well, they're doing like they are research and not just chilling and banging in space and making. I kids. will say okay. So now this is the part where it really becomes prevalent when he comes in up here to give this announcement. Everything on this fucking space station looks like Disney Tomorrowland. I was. Does gonna, it not? I was it is literally say, like the uniforms that they wear. That the Disney cast members wear in Tomorrowland. Of I, was, I, I, I wrote it down as like um, an 80s styled arcade. Like an arcade like that's supposed to be like um, the future kind of. Like no, in a, it is in Tomorrowland. The 80s. It but is it's, Tomorrowland. But I can see that fitting in the Tomorrowland aesthetic. It is literally Tomorrowland. It's very Tomorrowland. I guarantee you they were like, hey, we got some spare Tomorrow crap hanging around. Let's just stick it in Z. It's really upsetting. But um, but he's wearing, yeah, because he's definitely wearing like a uniform you'd see like a food service worker wearing in uh, Tomorrowland. Yes, like, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so, yeah, so Wyndham's coming, the space station needs repairs, and they don't want to be shut down, because they all love it up here. Xenon especially loves it up here. But something that's confusing to me is that, like, Xenon was not born on the space station. She was born on Earth and brought up here when she was, was five. Yeah, baby Which means ish. they named her Xenon on, on Earth, Earth, and, and then, then everyone on Earth has normal names, like Greg they, and Andrew. Yeah, and but then on the space station, it's like Nebula, Nebula and Xenon, and... I Leo's guess we're just normal, supposed to but... assume that the parents are weirdos. I don't know what the fuck we're supposed to do with that. Yeah, that's a weird thing. But at the same time, I do love the name Xenon. Yeah. Um. But so they say, listen, we got to put on a big show for Wyndham. He's coming up. Xenon. Commander Plank basically looks right at Xenon and says, Xenon, don't screw this up for us, bitch. Like, we need this. She's always fucking, what, dumpster diving and yes. everything? And so they're like, and so her parents give her the same spiel. It's like, Xenon, you can't screw this up for us. We're going to get sent to Earth. We're going to get shut down. Our research is going to be done. No one also, we never touch upon what they're doing. No, what are they researching? The, Rats? No, the parents The parents had said that they are researching bone density and zero gravity, like how zero gravity affects bone density, which is like a thing. Like, you know, you have to train. They, they kind of blow over the fact that you're supposed That's... to train intensely to get into space, but eh, whatever. Um, but so she is like, yes, I'm going to put on a good show for Mr. Wyndham when he's here. Anyway, let's go cause some trouble. And she and all of her friends go... Uh, down to like a lower level, and she gets in a spacesuit and Does ejects. Is a solar flare? A solar flare, which looks like an aurora borealis, which doesn't make any sense. But this bitch just goes mm-hmm. to space. Luckily, they make spacesuits in teenage girl size, and they, they, she's just like. This is when I was first like, this is one ballsy bitch. This, she's ballsy, and I, I'm, I'm here for it. She's though. just going out into space and, and by every, herself. Everyone else is like, you know, we can just watch it from, from here. From the we, window. We have, yeah. a, we have a good view from here. It's she's just like, get some popcorn and sit down. And she's like, nah, nah, nah. I'm gonna I gotta get, get out, out there. there. And so she's like tethered to the thing, and she's there's a whole. Re, there's the sequence is too long, honestly. Leona's basically like your drunk friend, where like you're at the club, <laughs> you're all having a good time at the bar, or whatever. There's like either live music or there's like a DJ. You're all vibing, you know, drinking, and then she's that bitch. It's like, 
we got to get on stage. It's like, no, we could have a good time down here. And then they fight their way on stage, and you all get kicked out. You that's know, who the that's who fucking Xenon Car is, and that's what I gotta say. You know, I think the only, I didn't couldn't imagine. She's already hard enough to understand now with all her space slang. Drunk Xenon Car. Oh, it was, was the problematic this nature. This and I, I literally there was points I didn't know what she was talking about. But so she gets uh, the whole sequence is too long. The dad pulls her in. She gets chewed out by her parents. The mom is so stressed, she puts on what they call a stress helmet. Little did they know that in 2017, you have something called Xanax, which is basically <laughs> the same thing. Because it's the like... The stress helmet is the Disney Channel version of taking a Xanax. It's like a cone thing with, like, little balls hanging on it. And I thought it was, like, a thing you're supposed to wear to go to sleep in zero gravity. Uh, yeah, that, that was But they too. specifically say... It's for oh, stress. Oh, you put your mom back in the stress helmet. If you keep doing this, you're going to have to go into the chill chamber, which I think is where they smoke weed, because it's 2049 yeah, and, and weed is legal. Also, I I don't know if weed is illegal in space. I hope it's not. Astronauts eat they something. They said they could grow stuff up there. Ah, it is hydroponic, baby. So this is where they're talking about, uh, they say, listen, if you can't do this when Wyndham's here, if you screw that up, we're going to ground you. And she's like, okay, whatever. And also we learned that like, Xenon hates Earth. She doesn't want to go to Earth. The dad's like, yeah, why would you want to go They have Earth? a weird but thing the with mom, Earth. the mom Also, is- the dad, like, is kind of, like, giving me, like, that Disney parent vibes where, like, he's, like, it's kind of awesome that you did that. Yeah. But, like, I gotta punish you. Oh, yeah. He's, like, your he's, he's just as ecstatic he's, about the yeah. supernova. He also so loves the solar flare. He's yeah. doing that dad thing where it's, like, have to punish you because you're crazy. Yeah, mom. Like, but, like, you're cool killing it. Yeah, he's the fun parent. The mom is the yeah. strict parent. But, like, also we learned that the mom has, like, a tragic past on Earth where she was robbed at gunpoint. Was she? They no. say that. They said that, like, she said that that's what she told Xenon happens on Earth. I don't think that she was actually robbed at gunpoint. I thought I remember them saying robbed. And I, first of all, it's amazing Disney even reference the existence of guns. They talk about tornadoes. There's about- a, yeah, they, they, that is the number one fear in space a is, that a, is a tornado. I don't know why. But that, and then the, she's like, and then being robbed at gunpoint. Uh, and also she says a line, which again, we've made fun of this kind of thing before, but she says, I can handle myself. I'm 13. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that is one of my favorite Disney Channel jobs. She's like, I, she literally said that and I was like, bitch, no, you can't go to school. And I was like, oh, honey, no. Honey. And also she says, and also she says, I can handle myself. Cause they're like, what if like your tether is down? She's like, I can handle myself. I was like, handle yourself against the vacuum of space. Yes. <laughs> it's not a responsibility thing. You will die. Like, like, no one, that's also not an age thing. I don't care if you're 13 or 37. If your tether snaps, bye, bitch. Yeah. You're gone. We've got a gravity-style situation. Yeah. Um, See you later. So then we cut. Wyndham's here. He's on the space station. Everyone's rolling other. I will say they were trying to cast, like, a creepy-looking fucking dude. Oh. This dude is very creepy You can tell both of them are the villains in two seconds of looking at their faces. They also, they like, why does every Disney Channel original movie have, like, that same, like, creepy, almost mustachioed, suave main guy. And then, like, they're weird little nebby, like... I honestly thought the sidekick was just gonna be the villain for mo- most of it because like he I thought like he was planning to like overthrow the guy or whatever oh, see but, I like I've seen it before so I yeah, couldn't yeah. really I, yeah. I didn't remember the exact specifics although there's like a weird thing where you're right they introduced Mr. Wyndham as being like slick and suave and like yeah. I thought he was a robot because which I know sounds oh. weird because like there's the they say like oh he knows all about microbe and about like action movies and like he he if you say you're interested in something he knows all about it so I thought he was gonna have like and Wi-Fi the and thing? he has like a weird like eye flutter which I thought honestly was, like, a glitch. I could see that yeah but that that is never addressed That's he's never just a addressed. he's just a weird just guy a weirdo. he's just a weird dude who knows about a lot of stuff I guess but so she has to like her parents are tor- giving him a tour and she has to be like oh I love living what's weird is she acts like she's lying like it's been rehearsed but she genuinely does love living on the space station so I don't know why yes. it's like a, like just say what you told your parents you wouldn't want to live anywhere else and she's like. 
the research here is very valuable, and I think it would be a bad idea to shut us down. And it's like, you you just say what you were gonna say anyway. So then it cuts to, after that little interaction, she says she thinks they're up to something, and then it cuts to her dumpster diving. They specifically- I will say that she jumps on this way too fast. A little bit, yeah. Like, she has, like, one wink, and she's, like, hanging her head on the fact that they're up to something bad. I'm like, bitch, at least wait till you got some proof behind it. Once well, the computer the proof, stuff starts yeah. coming down, like, then I get it. But before then, it's like, she's really just grasping at straws, and I think that's why she made people not believe her. Uh, yeah, I agree. Because, like, she's diving... She and Nebula like to dumpster dive to make, like, jewelry and stuff. Like, find random, like, space trash and, like, make it into earrings or whatever. Yeah. So she's doing that, and then she comes out of a recycling bin, whatever, and then sees Lutz, the assistant, um, trying to break in, kind of, to the main memory unit. And she's like, yo, dog, you can't go in there. No one's supposed to be in there, unless you're, like, Commander Plank or whatever. And he's like, oh, well, you know, I was trying to get something for Mr. Wyndham. But about it. And then she's like, yeah, you know what, why don't you walk me upstairs? And he's like, I'm an adult and don't have to listen to you, but I am going to do this anyway. Because, <laughs> like, he weirdly takes orders from her. It's, it's weird. But so then that cues her up. He's up to something. Yeah. Something's going on in uh, the Wyndham Space Stay, and she needs to find out what it is in a major way. Also, Xenon and Nebula talk about their entry to the contest. Nebula wrote this essay about what it would mean to her to be dancing with Xenon created this really creepy statue of with Protozoa. Her, when, like, her face is on it or something? No, no, well, yeah, she created just a statue of Protozoa, and then it's holding, like, a guitar, and then a guitar pick says, pick me, and it has a picture of her on it, which will become important later. It's really creepy. But then we find out Xenon has won the contest to yes. dance with Microbe, as anyone could have... With a creepy-ass statue. Mm-hmm, as anyone could have guessed. She's very excited about it, obviously. So then she makes it like her mission to start tailing Lutz as he goes to a space station. And she sneaks into, she uses Leo, because his dad is like the security officer, or uses his code machine, like we mentioned, yeah. to like get into the level, the area, the memory bank that she shouldn't have access to and like spy on Lutz. And she sees him put a little disc about like the size of like a poker chip, maybe a little smaller, into the machine, take it out and be like, haha. About did the it. size of an earring? Uh. And then he's like, did it, got it, good. And she's like, oh, what did he do? How am I need to figure this out? And she really can't. And so she's like, all right, I guess I'll just leave. But she sets off the alarm because she her code gets smudged on her hand. And uh, then this is the last straw for Commander Plank. Okay, also, let's just go back to the fact, does, is this when he gets the disc? Like he... No, he has the disc. That's, that's and like, then that clumsy bitch <laughs> drops it. He like tries, I was literally like, you he tries dumb, to put, clumsy. He tries to put it in his, his front pocket. His breast pocket. He's watching himself put it in. And he just drops, and he just it, on the drops it and keeps on moving. And he just keeps, it keeps on going. At that point, I was like, you don't deserve that disc. You yeah. don't deserve but it. But Emma makes a good point. I thought he was getting something like off the mainframe. So did and I. And he's like making a copy onto the disc. That's not what's happening. But it's but they, but they it's not like a huge thing. You're just kind of like, what's going on? It obviously plays into the mystery. Like I said. This movie has like surprisingly a layered. good mystery, a good mystery, good pull through mechanism. But, I want to know what's going on. Yeah, exactly. I want Did to know they really deliver? On. Not really. No, no. no. Um, but it, it doesn't suffer for it at all. So Commander Plank is pissed because just existing in that room was putting the thing in danger because she could have messed everything up somehow. I don't know. Gobbledygook. Whatever. Anytime, any numbers, scientific numbers, 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 numbers. Science babble, science babble. Computers, computers. Yeah, exactly. Um, so he's like, listen, I'm telling your parents, they're gonna punish you, but if they do not punish you harshly enough. I'm going to have to step in. And they are like, okay. Also, bitch, you're not their parent. You don't have control over... Well, like, he is in charge of everyone's safety on the thing. And so if you endanger that, I kind of get where he's coming from. Commander Blank's not, like, that big of a dick in this movie. He's a little uptight, but whatever. Just an idiot. Yeah, that too. But that kind of fits his character. 
But so the parents are like, okay, Xenon. First of all, she's like, hey, guys, so are we going to put on our stress helmets? Which I thought was very funny. Yes. Um, and they're like, Xenon, freaking. Take your space in. Why could, why could you not do this? Why would you do this when Wyndham's here? And she's like, no, he's up to something. He definitely is. Also, um, he Plank is on their side because he says, oh, Lutz and Wyndham have been in their rooms all night. She's like, no, that's a straight up lie. Um, I was there in the room with them, but of course they don't believe her. I'm surprised the space station doesn't no have cameras. cameras. No, no cameras. cameras in this space not station. Not even, not even like a line of like we all the cameras were helmets. down. We have helmets. We have a hologram teacher. Mm-hmm. We have everything except for a fucking in the security most secure camera. area. I have of the seen space bodegas station. in New York City held together with duct tape that have working security cameras. It's bad, but so they're like xenon. You're grounded. And she's like, yeah, I get it. And then we get a this line. This little line for the trailer. For the trailer. Where he's like, no, you're, you're ground. Grounded. And then points to the earth in like the Like the ground of earth. Ow, ow. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good guy. And he mentions that she's going to go live with her Aunt Judy on earth. And of course, she is furious major. She does not want to have to leave her friends and her space station and her home and blah, 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 blah. And she doesn't leave right away because Wyndham goes up at lunch the next day. She tells all her friends, like, I'm yeah. leaving. I messed up. Whatever. Um, but then Wyndham comes up at lunch the next day and is like, hey, you guys are doing good work up here. I'm going to give you $500 million. Fix up the station. And keep they're up like, the see, work. couldn't have been that big of a dick. Yeah. And they're like, it's fine. You're, he's fine. Why, like, why would such a nice guy, well, if he's a bad guy, why would he give us $500 million? And then um, then she finds out that she's going to have to fly to Earth on the space shuttle with these two guys. And she doesn't love she's it. She's not a fan. But they're like, no, like, you don't understand, like, uh, these like he's doing us a favor because most shuttles don't have like seats because it's like cargo. Um, so be chill. And she super knows that he's up to something, but no one else believes her. Obvs. And so they fly to Earth, and like he is weird, obviously, because he has that weird eye flutter, and like he's winking. Just a weird fucking dude. And so then they fly to Earth in the most the worst CGI space. I did CGI get sad. Space. I did write right down that I got sad when she said goodbye to Nebula. Yeah. It was really sad. They do have a kind of a it was a goodbye. very it was a very cute little goodbye and she gives Nebula is an important plot point Lucas. Oh, I skipped it. You're Nebula right. gives her an earring because being she like a little... found a disc on the floor earlier. Well, actually no, they it's very I think that's just like space trash or whatever yeah. they found. Well, no, cuz that's their thing is they like to make gar- stuff out of space trash. But actually I was going to say a disc, but no, it's very obvious it is the, the disc, disc that uh Lutz made. It's a little brought. like rainbow luminescent disc and like yeah. uh, just one little earring and so she gives it to her as like a going away present mm-hmm. like here's a little disc earring. And and so she's like wear it all the time for basically no reason. She's like got it, puts it right in. Uh, she's like, yeah, I made this. She basically stuck an earring back onto the thing. I also did. like how she's like saying about her parents. She's like, fuck you, mom. Yeah, she's really angry with the parents. <laughs> she does not have a lot of nice things to say about her parents. She does have a cute little spiky backpack, which I like. Yes, it's very, uh, again, futuristic-y. And like I said, the aesthetic of this so far has been fine. It's a lot of high ponytails with like... A colorful lycra turtlenecks mm-hmm. sure. and vests. But, but it works because you're like, oh, we're in space. It's the future. Yeah, Fine. Yeah. But then she goes to Earth and she has a quick exchange with a Lutz and Wyndham being like, thanks for the ride, dick bags. First of all, she has, there's some gags about her adjusting to gravity. Yeah. Which like, <laughs> they have gravity on the space station. They're not just all floating around. Is it just a lot lighter? I, no, I no, assumed no. it was just a lot lighter. Yeah, I guess it's just lighter. But she's adjusting to the gravity and she like or falls she, down like, the stairs. Walk yeah, she's like, she's like, dragging she's, her like bags. yeah, she's like sulking. Um, and then she tells Lutz and Wyndham, she's like, hey, dickbags, um, I know you can fool everyone, you can't fool me, I know you're up to something. And Lutz notices her earring, and he's like, oh, wait, I think that's the disc, damn it. And, like, he just yeah, goes... Yeah, you with, clumsy bitch. Yeah, and so then she... And so, like I was saying, the aesthetic is fine, but then 
Aunt Judy rolls up in a VW Bug. And, and I would like you guys to know that in 1999, the car of the future was, was the, the VW Bug. And also, I love the fact that they were like, hey, should we put like cardboard on it to make it look all futuristic? Nah, just put, no, like, a, just put like a slightly electronic noise over it. And then they were like, genius, Gary. You it got it. It sounded like... Uh, they, I think this is what they thought electric cars would sound like I in guess. 1999. And so they like, it's just a VW bug, but they pull up and it's like, <laughs> like, like the ba- you, can, like, you can hear like a like, battery turning off. Something I- like that. But so we meet her Aunt Judy, who is just, she's a mess. I like Aunt Judy. <laughs> no, I like her, but she's a mess. She's, Can relate. She's scared of everything. She's scared. She just hates travel. She She's very obsessed with being on Earth, which is weird because, like like I said, I thought it was like a colony, but it's only for researchers. So it's like not everybody has the option to just go into space if they want. But she's like, oh, terra firma, the firmer the better. Yeah. Uh, it's like, well, it's like, no, you wouldn't go to space. You just live no your life. No one else is in space. No, it's just it's research. It's not like everyone's in space. They also later say that microbe will be the first rock band yeah, in space. It's not just, like everybody's going to space all the time it's just these researchers that's it and like her whole thing is like nope never want to go to space and i was like you where wouldn't. do you think they are geographically uh, in the united states of america in 2049 1989 version you know that's a good point i was gonna say california because most things take place in california on disney channel but there's like some stunning like mountain ranges i think california has. i think they're in northern california i think they're northern. in san francisco yeah that bay I'd buy area that. those I'd buy restaurants that. i think it is supposed to be futuristic, Big Sur-ish, like, San Francisco. But, like, since where the aesthetic I'm saying is fall apart, because Xenon is dressed like she was on the space station, everyone's in normal clothes. Okay, <laughs> I have a note about this. I would like to address the fact that it is 2049 on the space station, and everyone's mm-hmm. dressed like it's fucking Tomorrowland. We come to Earth, and it is just the 90s. Yep, it's the 90s. <laughs> it is the 90s. With occasionally then, a floating at, thing with, in the background. With, with a few random jump-ups, like, people have electric cars, and, like, People's homes will just be like, like Andrew's house is literally just a home from the nineties. Yeah. It is a not beautiful nineties woods house in Northern California. It's, but it's, it is from the nineties. They didn't do a single fucking thing to it. Mm-mm. They didn't give her a robot butler anything. Nope. <laughs> like I'm saying, and there'll be random shit where they were at like I think Marty's house or something. Margie, Margie's where they were like hacking, and then they'll go out and they have these like weird like cut out glass balconies instead of like yeah. normal balconies, and you're like, is this their attempt to make it look like the future? I don't know. And then like you'll see like a hover boat in the background, and then she'll say like, oh my fat fancy hover limo, and I was like, can stuff fly or not? <laughs> I will say though. On the first dinner she has with her Aunt Judy, she says, Aunt Judy says, things move a little bit slower down here. Yeah, I like this. I like why I like living here, this town. We're not all caught up with that high, that high-fangled, newfangled crap. Like, when things move a little slower down here. So I think we're supposed to assume this place is not truly, like, up to 2049. This is, like, they true, are moving slower. but you would expect something. I would expect it not to look like the 90s. Yeah. You'd expect something more than what we got. But, uh, so yeah, she takes her to a restaurant, and it's literally, like, you can tell the set was made in a day. It's just, like, the deck of a restaurant that was, like, five tables at it. And, um, they sit down, and she's like, so, you know, you're, like, a teenager. She doesn't, also, um, Judy makes it very clear she doesn't know anything about kids. She doesn't, she doesn't have, have kids. kids. She didn't understand kids when she was a kid. And she's like, so you know, you're like a hip teenager, right? You eat like, you know, burgers and pizza and fries. And she's like, we don't eat any of that in space. And she's like, really? She's like, yeah, all of her food is... And only you we can cultivate. Yeah, so it's, it's hydroponically grown because, again, there's no dirt. So there's no, no 
Um, there's no meat. You're basically a mandatory vegetarian. Basically. And I guess vegan too, probably? I don't know. I don't know if they get dairy. But they do get supplies from Earth. I don't know. I don't think milk's going to make that journey, though. I think it's mm. like they're kind well, of Well, they, they're, they're kind of inconsistent about how long it takes to get to I'm space. I'm saying that she, she's a vegan. Yeah, but so, well, she is a vegan by default. She eats meat later on. Um, But like, so yeah, she's like, uh, no, we don't have any of this, whatever. And then the aunt leaves. And then there's a group of kids sitting at a nearby table where we meet her friends on Earth, or who are these are going to be. Emma's gripping my arm. She's about to say something. I need to say something, because if you see something... Say something. I need to talk about the furry sweater that Margie is wearing. <laughs> Do I need to play Fashion Corner song? I have so much. Like, I'm just going to keep bringing it okay. up. There's no time to play the song. Okay. I just need to talk about a few things. Number one, Greg's hair is weird. It's too long and silky, and it creeps me out. And also, if anyone has seen the film Small Soldiers, it's that kid. Is the main kid from that is Greg, and he has not changed his haircut. He has the same haircut in both films. It worked for him in in the late <laughs> did 90s, it, did but it another other time. If he's still rocking it right now, it did not work for him. It does not work for him. Also, these for people that are older, he is the kid in the Patriot, the one that dies. Mel Gibson's son that dies. Um, he, he had yeah, the haircut then, so. but that's also supposed to be 1776, so we can mm-hmm. cut him a pass then. The haircut isn't good any way you shake no. it. Margie is... A bitch. The bitch in this movie who, like, wants Greg's Dick. D. He is not interested. No. He, he shuts her down hard almost later. the entire film. No, he legitimately shuts her down so That's hard. He slams her so badly. It hurt me, and I was only watching, like, 17 years later. Yeah. I will say uh, she's a terrible actress. Yeah. Um, and also, she comes back for all the other two movies, which I was blown what away What is by. her role in the other two movies? I don't even remember. I think I kind of remember her being in Z3. I know Raven got the shaft in Z3. She's in it for, like, a second. She's, like, on a video Call. Yeah, I do not remember how in depth Margie's. Role I would is love to know how they tie Margie into the later films because she's irrelevant even. And in this she movie. also hates Xena. <laughs> and never really like comes around. Comes to her. around to Xena. No, the only reason. But she is, guys, in this scene wearing a crazy feather like sweater shrug that I truly was taken aback because it, it's not even ninety nine. Like it's almost like ahead of its time. <laughs> but also behind the times at the same time. Sure. Like, it's like they were trying to do future with her there and then just stopped. <laughs> they were trying tw- to do future. They stopped at like 25%. It's sure. just wild. Okay, I can buy that. So Margie comes up to her and is like, hey, we have a bet going. Are you... Well, also, let's stop. She comes over to her because she sees Slickback, Creepy Greg, is checking eyes, out that 13-year-old ass. And, he's like... And she she's looking over at him, too. She's Greg's, like, his whole, Greg's whole role is just, like, meaningful, sultry looks. Yes. He, that's all it also, is. Also, you don't find out his name is Greg for the majority of the film. I, I don't remember when you find that out. It's when they're on, like, their date later. Okay. She says it really quickly, and I was like, oh, that's his freaking name. Um, but so Margie comes over, she's like, oh, this bi- space bitch trying to steal my man, who's not who, the man who ate my man. Uh, trying to steal him. She's like, hey, so, like, are you just dressed early for Halloween? Or are you, like, from way out of, like, Ohio or something? Like, some weird non-sequitur. And she's like, you're right. It's Halloween. So if I just give me that mask you're wearing, ugly mask you're wearing, wearing, I'll have the freakiest costume around. And I was like, damn, Xenon. She did back that. Hard. She did that. Yeah, it was good. And everyone, everyone at the table was like, damn, Marty just got slammed so bad. And then Xenon just gets up at the table and was like, Judy, we're leaving. I'm blowing this bitch. We're yeah, out. she didn't even need anything. She makes a dramatic also, exit. If also, if Greg's entire role is just giving, like, meaningful, like, sultry, like, lip-biting looks at Xenon, <laughs> then Marnie's whole role is just going like this. <laughs> yeah. She makes that noise a lot. 
Yeah, she also, makes that noise literally 50 Also, Emma, we're missing our catchphrase. Greg is at a hard midnight whenever oh, someone's in the whenever. room. Whenever. The second his eyes fall upon her twin ponytails, he's just her six to midnight. He's six to midnight. She is not open for business immediately. She 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 peeks her head out of the but store window. But I will say this was one of the few movies where it's like they're they're not like building to a sexual like like a oh will they? It just kind of happens along it's the way. Just like, well, it's like he's immediately into her. And yeah. You're like, all right, Jesus, calm down. And then down, she kind Greg. of falls into it along Flick the way. Flick it in your waistband or something, and she's just like slowly into it. But it's not like this. Like kind of drama, like will they get together? Like yeah. Greg has anything to do with it? He's getting into her space jeans, and we yeah, know that. That's well, I don't think they're jeans. I'm pretty sure it's like poly, like girl leggings, like something. Uh, but then, so they leave. They go to Aunt Judy's house, which, by the way, I don't know what this woman does, but she got a nice ass house for someone who lives works lives by herself. It's that's nice. a nice ass. That's it's what nice I said. House. It's a nice ass Northern California yeah, home. You know, Fucking she, Aunt Judy is posted up in Big Sur. Yeah, she's she, like, yeah, she's like lamenting the fact that she ain't got a man. Kind of. Judy, you don't need a man. But she's doing fine on by herself. But if like, I lived in that house by myself, I had those flowers out front, <laughs> had that nice wood banister, that's I don't a need nice, a man. That's a nice house ass. A nice nice ass. house ass. <laughs> nice ass house. But she, so like Xenon sees flowers for the first time and she's like, what are these? And she's like, oh, they're flowers. She's like, what purpose do they serve? And she's like, bitch, they just look pretty. Like what? And she's like, oh, well in space, everything has a purpose. Uh, <laughs> well in but space. She, but they, well actually space be yeah, Xenon. But, but they, go to, they go to bed and Judy comes in and she's like, hey, want to make sure I want you to feel as at home as possible. Judy's really making a concerted effort here, and I appreciate that. She's not just writing this kid off as like, um, this is gonna end bad. She actually does listen to her. Yeah. I think that's like. But no, also Xenon listens to her because she's like, "Hey, Aunt Judy, why are you alone? Why aren't you married? Like, what's Xenon literally mm-hmm. comes in flaming and up. then Aunt Judy blasters on major yeah, mode. And, and blasters major, and she doesn't even. And Judy doesn't skip. She's like, "Oh well, you know, I have trouble putting myself out there. I'm bad at taking risks. I honestly, you know, I admire you, 13 year old girl. If this 13 year old girl came into my bed <laughs> in my beautiful Northern California home and said, "Bitch, why aren't you married? I say, "Bitch, did you see this house? <laughs> see what I've made for myself." <laughs> I don't need no man. Uh, she don't need no man. But also, Fucking when you do, when she do, when she do you get a man, I kind of like it. But we'll get to that later. But so she's like, ass bitch. Yeah, yeah. She's like, you know, I'm bad at taking risks. I never, I'm bad at putting myself out there. Never really had a man. But like, you know, I admire you. Whatever. Good night. Bye. She tries to call Nebula, but like the parents have put like a blocker chip on her. Like. I basically she can only a, call the parents. That's it's basically all, a Firefly telephone. Uh, well, cell well I was going to say it's also like an iPad because you can like Skype pretty much with it. Yeah, but it's like a phone where you can only yeah, call yeah. your parents. You yeah. can't use it to text your, your but, host. So she now has to go to Earth School, which I'm sure, as you can all imagine, is going to be quite the adjustment. Oh, but, no. But uh, we're going to take a break here and then we'll come back. And, you know, I'm kind of at a loss for what to play during the break, because generally I like to play something that we haven't, we've already heard halfway through, but there's only one song that I can play during the break. There's only one. And, I mean, you heard it at the end of Addie's Million Dollar Cook-Off, but guess what, bitch, you're going to hear it and again. And here's the fucking, fucking tea on that. You can never hear it too many times. You can never hear it too many times. There's actually kind of a joke that people are sick of this song. Have you ever heard this song and said, oh, stop, I would say no, give no, me more. give me more, give me more. So, uh... Don't touch that dial. We'll be back in a stellarious second. Venus Lapidus. <laughs> it is a lunarious <laughs> or second. Or stellar. They don't say stellarious. Either stellar yeah. second or lunarious, Neb. Uh, I'm sorry, Z. I'm just bad at this dang space slang. I'm not you, Z. <laughs> well, I'm not, can't be you, Z. I can't all be you. We'll be back in a stellar second. Zetus Lapidus. <laughs> of your pretty face send me into hyperspace caught up in a planetary world breathing in you give me air i'm living off your solar flare could you be my supernova girl 
Okay, so she walks into her class at school, and there's actually a pretty decent gag where the teacher calls her Radon Car, which I thought was... That was funny. That was all right, because it's another noble gas, although her name is spelled with a Z, not an X, like actual Z on a spelled, but whatever. And that really piles into the whole thing about, like, why, why is she named Xenon if she was born on Earth? But whatever. This is And yeah, everyone else's name is fucking Greg, Greg and Margie. 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 Why do I keep calling Because that's Halloween Town. I know. I know. Sorry, guys. So this just kicks off a whole montage of her struggling to fit in at school. Uh, There's been a million montages if like we it. we couldn't think of another oh, original yeah, idea, yeah. like, it's uh, always the same. And Greg trying to There's help her. There's a mean girl. There's, There's a cute boy that likes you. And like the cute, and then the girl feels is, threatened by you, so she messes with you. But she can't swim. She can only swim in space, which I was like, how is in space different? Like, I guess you're no, lighter. No, I think she's but, talking about literally swimming. In like in like being on like those spacewalks like in a space. Oh, suit. that makes like more she's sense. She's considering that swimming. Like I don't think they have pools in space. Yeah, that would make. I was picturing her like in like an orb of floating water, like swimming around, and I was like, well, you still swim normally. But I get what you're saying. Like yes. Yeah. Okay, I get that. But also like so. The thing that happened, the thing that messed tripped me up is that she shows up, like, I get it. She's all, straight off the shuttle. She's in all of her space clothes. And she shows up at school in more space clothes to people make fun of her. And then later on, she shows up in normal clothes. And I was like, why would you wear space clothes day one? I don't know. I don't think she had normal clothes. No, she wears I, normal clothes later. I know, but I think her Aunt Judy buys them for her. I mean, I guess. I think she came home from, I think my fan fiction is she came home from school <laughs> the first day. And Your head like, cannon. Everybody made fun of me, buy me some normal 90s clothes in twenty. Bitch, I know you got money. I see this Trust house this house um but so yeah she like um she can't swim greg kind of saves her life also he uh i don't know if this was intentional but there's well actually i don't know if independence day was out yet but they make a reference they because he says she's like i can't i thought you said you could swim and she goes in space and then he just goes welcome to earth uh, yes. i was like is that an independence day joke i don't know if that was out yet he does save her from the pool like yeah he, he legit saves her life and i like that but also like where the fuck is that gym teacher like get in there bitch well she's there but like yeah you'd expect yeah, you jump in and save the, the students it's not up to other people independence came out in 1996 so that was i'm calling it that's an independence, independence day, day reference. reference okay um but then yeah so she's almost drowns greg saves her life then, for some reason, her and Margie are lab partners, and she just, she almost sets the lab on fire because she's on Celsius instead of uh, Fahrenheit, which I would hope the U.S. changes to, to the metric system by 2049. It's really dumb we're not yeah. metric. Oh, yeah, that's why she fucks up the science experiment yeah, because thing, where she, she keeps asking Margie to put it over the flame more because she doesn't she, know Celsius to Fahrenheit. Well, no, just like she assumed it was Fahrenheit because they use Celsius because there are scientists up there. So she assumed they were using Celsius, yes. they are using Fahrenheit. Yeah, okay. and it makes sense, which makes sense. But again, seriously, the United States go metric. It's so dumb we're not metric and then it's like her at lunch and she apparently they don't have money up there which i get because it's like all communal like all the food is grown and handed to them yeah. like it's all communal so i get they don't have money but like and but like also her acting is really weird in the scene where she's like one oh, money one, money one, she's like 175 what oh money. money you must mean money okay uh i don't also, have you know what i love aunt judy but like send your fucking kid to school with money yeah you, were you not ready for that yeah i don't know and then greg rolls up and pays for it because you know freaking greg's trying to get his dick wet over here and then he's also like nah nah listen here's how the slang works alpha is cool like we were saying earlier viral is bad or whatever blah, 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 blah. and she's like you know i checked my schedule and i'm pretty sure learning a foreign language wasn't on it i'm like bitch you are the one speaking no. a foreign language yes also listeners you couldn't see me but i did just do a z snap which works because it's Xena. Swish, swish, swish. Anyway. But so, I thought that was insane for her to be like, I didn't see learning a foreign language 
anywhere on it. And I'm like, you are the one that is speaking in terms I can't understand. Bad. Greg is sprinkling it in there. Also, I do think she's vegan because she literally grabs an apple banana. That's the only thing she she was like, yeah, well, that's what that's food. what she recognized. Yeah, because yeah. she eats fruits and vegetables. Uh, but then so then it cuts. I think it cuts the next day. So she's in the computer lab and she's trying to hack into the Windcom like servers to try and figure out what's going on if there's anything happening in the company and like she can't get in because she doesn't have the password or whatever and this i legitimately started laughing for not a right reason where she's like oh i can't get in wait a minute someone's typing very loudly oh, they must know, and loudly. they must know about computers <laughs> like it's literally like hang on i'm gonna do a little also why gonna, is the kid on earth named greg better at computers than xenon car from the space station i have no idea but also hang on literally listeners i'm gonna do some foley work I'm amazing at computers. I know. He just hacked the mainframe. <laughs> yeah, well, he does that later. But then, so she comes up to him and is like, hey, listen, I don't, I know I said I don't like you, but I really need some help breaking into this thing. Well, she, no, she doesn't say that. I need your help. Will you help me? He's like, uh, no, I have a life. I'm leaving. And I have then, some horse shit to yeah, do. Yeah, okay? then, he, then he's like, hey, so I work at a stable. Can you, you want to come by and check out the horses? Which uh, I definitely feel like this is not the first time he's brought a girl to the stable. I feel like that's his move. That's his move. His move is also, like. Also, this whole scene where he brings her to the stable is such a detour. back mountain well, shit. Well, yeah, but it's also. They're a, like rubbing a horse down together. And she's I'm also like, afraid of the horse because she's never seen a horse before, which is generally a really kind of interesting thing that I was like, that's right. She's never like seen or felt. She's never like seen a squirrel or something. Like, there's no animals in space. Like, it's an interesting character idea. I honestly think her parents are bad parents. They have literally robbed her of a normal childhood. For yeah, the only stupid the only no the only about. animal she's ever seen was a rat in the lab. That's it. But uh, so yeah, she they do this whole horse thing, and like I feel like a song plays that like you can't really recognize, but it's like whimsical. Like oh, they're both riding a horse, and he teaches her to brush the horse. And like again, I definitely feel like this is how he lures women into his wiles. Is it he's was like he uses romantic. he uses he uses it in a romantic horse uh, t- care uh, seminar. Also, f- fun fact: I'm pretty sure they left school in the middle of the day oh. and did not tell Aunt Judy where they were going. Aunt yeah. Judy doesn't give a fuck where Zena well, is. She is running they, run, running about. They do throw a line in later, like, "Hey, your aunt said we could do dinner, right?" Like also. So, like, what are these fucking 13-year-old Casanovas? <laughs> Nobody was taking me on a horseback ride to dinner when I was 13. <laughs> if I was lucky, you got to go to a movie with a group of friends that your mom dropped you off at, and maybe you would, like, lightly make out or get someone's <laughs> hand in your up, like, up your bra, if that. <laughs> like, what was that? He's, like, taking her out for a five-course meal and paying for but it. He is, but then he's got that sweet stable gig, Em. Better times. Better, better yeah, times. Yeah, sweet stable yeah, gig. Yeah, that sweet stable gig. But then, so, yeah, so they do the whole horse detour, which is nothing to do with the plot. It's just like, hey, these kids are kind of falling in love. And then, like, they're like, hey, so you might answer you to dinner. And then she's like, yeah, sure. And we're going to ride a bike together. And then he's like, you can ride a bike. I was like, Greg, we, you know, we ride bikes all the time in space. And then she immediately falls over, like, just flat. And she's like, well, they were stationary bikes, which is a good gag. It's the queen of soul cycle, Xenon Car. (laughs) Queen of soul cycle. (laughs) So they go to dinner, and it's at the restaurant they were at before. There's only one restaurant in this town. Uh, Yeah, there's only one restaurant in this wharf town. Because they only made one set. Uh, But so they go to the restaurant, and then Xenon is just, like, pigging out. Because she didn't eat the first time and now no, she's really just getting because she it. because she's like oh onion rings delicious like fried food and uh i think she has i don't they don't she's like oh well she explains to him like like well, piggies we, don't make the cuts yeah we, we can't, can't have cultivate them up there. we can't have uh meat up there or whatever and she's just super chum- and then lutz shows up and she's like lutz it's that bad guy i was telling you about and i was like oh wait he's in on the whole wincom thing now i guess okay 
Yeah, so he they leave to chase him. They definitely dine and dash from this restaurant because they're immediately running away. And he's just like, uh, check, and then just runs away. Like, there's no and way he's they like, uh, check. And also, he is compl- Also, he does bitch complain. Like, <laughs> he does complain. I have to clean a lot of horses to pay you know, re- for all this meal. Like, well, then don't offer, okay? She's hungry. Yeah, he's like, hey, I offered to buy you dinner, not a four course meal or whatever. Like, but so then they go and chase after lots. They don't find him. They're just chilling on a beach. And Xenon dips her toes in the ocean for her first time, which is kind of cute scene. Um, and then he's like, oh, hey, I got it. Wyndham is like super low on cash. They're not doing as well as Sutton. And then he's like, and then she's like, wait a minute, you hacked their mainframe? It's like, with this ease. is another Disney Channel trope. Why is everyone a hacker? These kids are. 13. There's two hackers. In they, this. No, there's like three if you count the kid on the space station. Yes. There's there are thirteen. The kid in the space station would at least make sense. Maybe yeah. his dad's like a crazy computer whiz. These fucking Earth kids named Greg and whatever Andrew are on, Andrew are on fucking computers the size of my that's, bed frame and are hacking these major corporations. That's with the thing. Ease, is that, that's the thing that blew my mind. Is that Greg? Greg's is, on an iPad. Greg's yeah, on an well, no, iPad. He's, he's on Xenon's like thing. Her tablet. Whatever thing. it is. But the thing is, like, I was like, okay, Greg's a hacker. Ha ha. Then Andrew is an even better hacker than Greg. Like, there's a tears of hackers in this world, and he like hacks. So he hacks into the things like thirteen-year-old, thirteen-year-old, and he's like, okay. Wyndham is super low on money. That's like that's got to be a reason. Something like why would he give away five hundred million dollars if they didn't have it? And she's like. Oh my gosh, Greg! You. This is where she starts to open for business a little bit more. She's like, "You hacked their thing." Oh, oh yeah. man! And again, this just happened really fast. Where it's like, "Oh, I guess he's in on the whole plot now." Yes. She's explaining the whole thing to him. Okay, whatever. They both are eventually. Eventually, but well, yeah. But I'm saying after like it just it happened really quickly. It was jarring. So then he takes her home, and then Zena gets to experience rain for the first time, which is our second protagonist who uh, loves the rain. I'm confused though. Okay. At what point does Greg do the thing where he's like, where they figure out that the disc is in her earring? Oh, we did skip that. You're is right. That, yeah, is that's that right a, here? that's on the beach when they're dipping. He because yes. because he's like, why? So like, what's the deal with this last guy? He's like, they've been. He's like been following. Also, was this the point their house got broken into? Or I is think that, that already happened. Okay, their house got broken into. They didn't find anything. It's really played as not a big deal. The it's, house is oh, broken. Oh, Jude, they couldn't give less of a shit for someone that's as like scared of everything as Judy is. They really don't care. But that, the, the I, only purpose that it serves is to know that like. Lutz saw the earring and now is clearly having goons or himself like try to find it yeah. in Judy's house, but like they clearly didn't find it because he ends up wearing it around. Yeah, and then Xenon, Greg go they go over it with Greg. She goes over with Greg about why Lutz was like gaping at her, and he's like, "Well, wait, don't you think it's that earring or whatever?" And she figures out because she because he she's like, "Tell me again how it happened." She's like, yeah. I put my your hand like I want like this, and she goes, "Did you put your hand behind your yeah hair behind your ear like that?" And she's like, "Yeah." And he goes, "Is that like a disc?" Okay. So Greg basically figures out that the disc is what he saw. It, yeah, and here's the thing for me is why do they need the disc? Because they already put the virus in the space station. I think... And is it I like evidence? Wrong, that's, I think it, it is would tie him to the crashing of the space station. I guess. But I was like, you are, like, your plan is already in motion. Like, you don't... There's not something on the disc you immediately need. It's just like you can't let other people have it, I guess. It's it's kind of loose, but it kind of makes sense. Not as loose as why they're doing this, mind you. So, yeah, they realize Lutz needs this disc. We mm-hmm. should find out uh, what is on it. But then... Yeah, they go home. She does. She's like, rain. We never have rain at home. Wow, it feels amazing. And like, they get all wet. And I think he like brushes her face really awkwardly. So then it cuts to Andrew's house, who is this uh, better hacker. Better, better hacker, who we met like a little bit earlier, but he wasn't really that big a deal. And he's like, ty- he's literally like, do they have the disc in you know, a drive? And I think they're literally just typing random numbers, trying, trying to figure to get out the pass, trying to figure out the passcode. 
And, like, Margie's there being super indignant. Like, Why hey. Why we invited Margie? I, I don't know. He's like, hey, so are we going to do this all day? And he's like, yeah, Margie. Margie does not care that this could be, like, lives are at stake. No, she's like, fuck. Yeah. And so he's like, well, why don't we go for, like, a ride, ride on our, a hover limo? And then she's like, we're doing it. So important. Margie's rich, I guess. Yeah, her dad, like, is, Future like, rich. like man, it kind of manages Protozoa or knows the people that manage Protozoa Well-connected. Well-connected. Valley 2049. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then she's like... Uh, you used to like riding in hover limo with me before Space Girl over here. And then literally Kirsten Scorms gives like my favorite bit of acting we've seen ever where she just goes up to Margie, hands yes! on her face, and it's just like, I. she doesn't say anything. She's just like, I can't with you right now. She it's, says nothing, you guys. And this is all she, acting from like, the mm, face and hands. She's she like, goes, mm, I, I can't and Zena's walks away. Like, my parents are on the brink of death and mm-hmm. you are concerned with a hover limo that I have yet to see with my own eyes. It's It's a great moment. And then, so, like, her and Greg talk on the thing about, like, being the space station, whatever, whatever. I don't I don't think this is where they try and kid. No, it's later. Then we figure out that the hacker kid, I guess he just set up, like, a random... Well, this is where they take, Margie takes Xenon out. Oh, yes, the, yes, that's, that's what happens. The pseudo-futuristic balcony and is like, listen up, bitch. Stay away from my man that isn't really my man, but also he's my man. Or I will... Cut you. No, because <laughs> I'm going to tell my dad knows... Protozoa or the people that manage them and I'm going to tell them that their contest winner isn't going to be up there for the big dance and they should pick another one. And she's like, bitch, listen, I'm going to be up there for the dance because I got to get up there. And she's like, just don't touch my man with his bad haircut. Mm-hmm. And Xenon does not abide by that rule these no. times. She does not care about Margie. She doesn't abide by any rules. No, only her own because she is the heroine that we need. She is a feminist icon. Bad bitch. So then the kid, Andrew, figures out, like, I guess he set up like a random number generator and was just plugging stuff in because he's like asleep at his computer. And then the like most extra animation pops up on his computer. Really, of like put in a lot of detail into this like, virus. Of like an egg, and then hatch out of it hatches the like egg a worm. hatches, and then a worm comes out, and then and a, the a worm eats its way through, through the computer, it, 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 the screen of the like not through the screen, like through the background of the computer, and then it, a the, lot of steps for just a virus. And, to and come then on. like literally, you could have just done lines of like code, like the Matrix, and it would have worked fine. But then his computer just starts sputtering and freaks out, and he's just like. Man, like he really underplays it, like what just happened. Uh, then he comes to school and he's like, listen, it's a super complicated techno nanovirus that it will, its sole purpose is you put it into a system and, and it'll it shut it down. It. It'll yeah. shut it down. And it'll then, just fuck that shit right up. Yeah, and then he's, she's like, really? He's like, yeah. But what I did after like seven hours, because you know, I'm the good hacker, I turned this disc into a cure for the virus. So if you have a so if you have Truly, a Truly, someone yeah, give this kid a job yeah, in the space. Hundred percent. He is incredible. Like I was really confused what he did to like, it. Yeah, and I was he like, runs bold and like make shit happen, but without this kid, no, we all be fucked. He, he saves the world. He fix he makes the antivirus basically. Andrew is so, like, the you, real MVP. Yeah, you reintroduce this disc to the system and it'll like remove any traces of the virus, whatever. Fix everything. It's a fix everything disc. So she immediately runs to cut, call her parents and tell her, like, listen. Let's put this in the computers. Wyndham's want trying to use it to crash the space station. And they make they do make the point that like the space station is so complex it's taking the virus a long time. That to was take a good off. explanation. Yeah. She's like, why isn't it come crashing down? He's like, Well, it's, you know, it's it's pretty really complex and like hard to break system. She's like, Oh, so they're fine. He's like, actually, no bitch. It just it's gonna take a little bit longer. And you've like, been and you've been here to... about like a week, so it's already like yeah. it's already bad. And then she calls her parents and they're like, Listen, Xenon, like not everything this everything's I fine. I do not get. Like, well, they think I, I'm not saying it's good, but it's but like it kind of makes sense because they think she's trying to scam her way back up to the space station to see Microbe because she doesn't like Earth 
et cetera, et cetera. And they know she's so But she's literally like, aren't things breaking down? They're like, no. Well, when they... Things are good. Yeah, no, this, this is... You're the, doing amazing, sweetie. Yeah. Things are great. This is the way... This is where it lost me. Because they say at first, they're like, Xenon, everything's fine. Like, we had like one hiccup or something. Not a big deal. And then Commander Plank calls them in and we immediately learn, no, everything is failing. Crap, it's going down. We might fall out of the sky. It's bad. And then they are like, oh, crap. I think Xenon might be right. There's no way she could have known about this. And then proceed to do nothing about it. They do not call her back. They do they not say. That's what I'm saying. I don't understand their thought. Yeah, that is here. weird. You're, I agree with you what you're saying, but I'm saying their initial rejection. Like I, the initial rejection of like, okay, I get it. She's trying to scam her back mm-hmm. on. But then if she was like, no, like aren't things breaking down? Like they legitimately are. Wouldn't that raise some questions? Yeah, because they even have. I'm saying I wouldn't even bat an eye at it, except they have a scene where the parents are like, how could she have known that that's happening? Um, I don't know. Put two and two together, you fucking scientists, yeah. and figure it out. And then also. Then they also bring up the point of like, if Mr. Wyndham is trying to crash his own space station, why would he do that? And then she says, I don't know, for the money? And I was like, yeah, that's what she really doesn't have the motive. Guess what? That's the motive. That's the motive. And I was like, at first I was like, so like, how does crashing your space station give you money? And it's revealed like- Insurance. Insurance, I guess. I don't know who insured a space station. like insurance fraud. It's an insurance scam. But also what I was going to say is that like, much like we were talking about at the beginning about with Calabar, his plan is to kill a bunch of people. People oh, will die if he succeeds. This is a very fatal insurance this scam. Is, um, yeah, this there is, is collateral there are damage. People in the everyone on space station is going to die. Probably it's going to do a bunch of damage to the people. Also, on, like not that some lives are more valuable than other lives, but like a very famous band is going to yeah, die. Yeah, he's going to kill. Which this I band. Didn't, I didn't get it at first, but it actually is a really good cover. Like, why would you send them to die? But, he, but that's he, what he's, he's doing. He's sending a band, a famous group to die. So then they go home. To, I think to Aunt Judy's. Or maybe it's Andrews, I'm not sure. And Lutz shows up and he's like, all right, girly, look, you're hard to find, whatever, give me the disc. And then she's like, fine, you can have the disc, just get me a ride home. And he's like, you know, I am an adult and there are no adults around. I could totally just take the disc from you by force. He doesn't say any of this, but I was like, there's so many ways around this. And then he's like, fine, I'll give you a ride home. And she starts taking off and Greg's like, wait a minute, write it down. Okay. And I was like, Greg, that's still Greg, not binding. That's a note piece of paper. For someone who is such a hacker, you don't understand, like, that's not a legal like, document. Pull out, Anyone pull, could write pull that. Pull out your thing, film him saying it. Like, or, but then again, it's not like official You thing. guys could have scribbled that. Or he even says, don't give him the disc until you're on the space shuttle. That then, was the better plan. And then he's like, she's like, please, Greg, we have to trust each other. Show a little faith. And then he's like, yeah, and then he's like, yeah, fine. And he's T- puts takes disc off her ear, puts it in his hand, and she's like, "Well, guess what?" And he just takes the note from her. He's like, "You got nothing, bitch. Bye." And then I and then like she looked legitimately horrified. And yeah, I was she like, was doing good. I and I was like, "Wait, sh- did she actually give him the freaking?" I disc? literally was like, "How dumb is this bitch?" Mm-hmm. And then so they get to school the next day, and then they're like, "Oh no, I gave him just a disc." And we find out with Lutz later that she like programmed like a little animation of her like pop- her face popping out of a jacket box. I was like, "When did you have time to when do?" When did you learn to be a computer? Uh, dude, I don't know, but she has like a bunch of like smaller fake discs or whatever, which I thought and was just gonna... like, you can have a bunch of rainbows. She, she has a rainbow nail polish, yeah. so she's clearly painting them to make them look like iridescent, like the original. Yes. One. And so then I think this is where Andrew finds out that, like, hey, it's all going down. You need to get up to the space station pronto. And like, and then he takes the like chip that's blocking her. Well, that's thing. how they find it out because. Oh yeah, yeah. They take the chip out of her um, walkie-talkie iPad, iPad thing com- and call Nebula because Nebula has been absent from this film for because the past like forty minutes. Because they can't talk to her because she had the parental block mm-hmm. on. They call up Neb. Neb, what's going on? She's like, dude, it's going crazy up here. 
We have problems major. major. Everything like, the lights are flashing. Zetus Lapidus, it's all going down. And yeah, there's like lights flashing, whatever. And then she's like, listen, I've got the cure. Neb, go downstairs, find the shipping manifest, find out when the next cargo shuttle's coming up. I'm gonna be on it. I've got the thing that needs to fix everything. I've got the magic key, basically. Well, I'm gonna fix this. And then they're like, okay. Uh, they have her go look for cargo shuttles mm -hmm. to see if Xenon can hit basically Hitchhiker's Guide to the yes. Galaxy. And they also, they also legitimately space. skip school. They say... Oh. They say, like, hey, class is starting. She's like, Greg, people are going to die if I don't get and up Greg's there. And Greg's like, well, tardy yeah, my okay. ass. Yeah, and so they all go back to Andrew's house and wait for uh, Neb to call them back. And they get trapped this down the there. This is the second time they've walked out of this fucking yeah. school. And they all get, and Neb gets delayed calling them, so they're all just, like, chilling in the house, pretty much. And then, like, uh, this is the scene where Greg and Xenon, They like, get delayed calling them back because her and she takes Leo down to the basement, who is also the skinniest child ever. Oh, yeah. The vegan diet is not doing him a good service. They take Leo down because he has the codes down to the basement to get the, you know, figure out when ships are launching. And the power outage happens, like, the longest, like, blackout. So the, the doors don't work. Mm -hmm. So they're trapped down there for, like, three hours. And that's why they can't call Xenon back. Right. And so Greg and Xenon have their romantic moment where they're like talking and then Greg's looking at her at a hard midnight, obviously. Obviously, six and to then midnight. She just, and then she just goes, Greg, if you want to kiss me, just do it. Truly and then, a feminist icon. Uh -huh, and then they immediately just collide faces. They I like just, that they, too. I, I was like, they're 13. They yeah, know what I was doing. Like, I was really surprised that they did that. And then they do like kind of a smaller kiss, but then they get the call from Neb or whatever and it breaks up. And It was like barely a kiss. It was barely nothing. They barely touched. Mm -hmm. Neb calls. She's like, okay, there's a shuttle in an hour. Get to the dock. We'll get, get on there. She's like, it's You're leaving all... in under an hour. Like, you got a fucking jet. So they all hop in Andrew's VW Bug self-driving model. It's a, but you know it's a bug of the future because it's, it's self-drives. It's self-driving. Also, Margie is like, wait, where are we all going? Oh, no, she says like, Xenon, I told you to stay away from my man. But and I'm pretty she sure saw him biking been... on the back of Greg's No, 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 bike. she saw them kissing because she was at the place. So I'm, I'm oh, pretty sure. Did she? Yeah, yeah. I thought she saw that there was like a shot where they're biking out of school when they leave school. No, that too. But no, she's she's like I'm pretty sure I saw you. I told you to keep your hands off my man. And she's like Margie. People are dying, and Greg doesn't want to be your man. And then he pops up. He's like Margie. Greg shuts her down. He shuts her down. The most vicious thing I've ever seen. This was the most savage thing in this movie. And I, there was a man trying to kill people. Yeah. So you know. You he's know. like I never liked you. I'm not your boyfriend. I've I will never, never to be, be your, your boyfriend. boyfriend. Get off of me. He literally goes. I am not your boyfriend. I will never be. I was your not your boyfriend. Leave me Past, the hell alone. And, and then she, Margie is so delusional. She's like, I, you know, I think I've caught you at a bad time. Let me I call am you back. Margie. I <laughs> she, this guy looks her in the eyes and he's like, I do not want to date you. I have never wanted to date you and I will not want to date you in the future. And she's like, Okay, good note. I see what you're saying. Can we address this? Let's come back to this at a better time. You're a little hot-headed right now. I is this negotiable? She literally goes, she is said, this negotiable? And I was like, it's a girl to my But heart. then she gets in the car. She gets in the trunk. She knows where she belongs. And uh, she's like, I got to see Xenon get off my planet and off my man. And so they go to the space station, but they miss. Also, wait, there's an amazing piece of slang where when Greg's shutting her down, he goes, read my flapping lips. <laughs> I don't think that's slang. I think that's just bad writing. I laughed. <laughs> <laughs> but not for the right reasons. No. But so they get in the self-driving car. They drive to the shuttle bay and they just miss the shuttle. And all is lost. Everyone's going to die. And then Margie, the horrible person she is, just goes, man, I guess this means Protozoa is going to die too, huh? Like and she's like, it makes it so much worse that Microbe's going to be microbe, when this happens. Yeah. And then she's like, she's like, I'm not trying to be mean or anything. Yeah, but you are You're definitely trying to be mean. And then Margie's just like, and Zena's like, wait a minute, Margie, you beautiful genius. And then she's like, what? It's like, I love you, Richard yeah, Foxer. Yeah, she's like, Microbe, that's it. So then it 
shifts to day all of a sudden because it's been a night. It was nighttime and then it's yes, day. Yes, now it's day. And then it cuts to Windcom Enterprises. And uh, by the way, uh, Lutz found out the disc was corrupt and he told Wyndham, and Wyndham is furious, obviously, because this is going to ruin his whole scheme, I guess. Microbes there, they're doing a big press event before they get on the shuttle to be the first rock band in space. And uh, they're like, hey, listen, we're not on your list, but this is Enon Carr. She won the contest. Uh, she needs to get in there so she can fly up with them. And then he's like, Xenon Carr, oh, I'm supposed to arrest you because, you know, I work for the people who are trying to kidnap you. Yeah, I don't know why they thought that that was Yeah, And then Xenon, again, the feminist action hero that she is, just slams on the gas, breaks through the glass barrier in front of the car. I, just slams on slams the gas. It's awesome. I gasped. I was like, it's the gas. It, it was amazing. She goes to the press event, like Wyndham is talking, Lutz is there, and she's like hiding so they don't see her. There's guards everywhere. And she sneaks into the back to meet the best character of the entire film. Aside from Xenon. Yes, like, I couldn't tell you anybody else in this movie besides Christian Storms and Raymond Simone. I remember every detail of this man's face. And he's <laughs> probably in this movie for 15 minutes. He that. steals the show. I remember, I know the lines mm-hmm. etched on this man's face. I remember his hairstyle. He's also, I don't think he's, uh, th- I think he, he's from London. We looked him up. I don't think he's that British. He's uh, He's super, putting on a very Mick Jagger accent. Might, but better than the guy from Pixel Perfect. It works so well for his character. Uh, his name is Philip Reese in real life, but he is the man, the myth, the legend, he protozoa. He show in 15 He minutes. shows up for the last like half hour of this movie and I immediately said, he's my favorite character. He's like 2049 Mick Jagger, Harry Styles, like rock, like, you know, teenage heartthrob, Beatles 100%. sort of situation. He's great. I love him. And like I said, Xenon is genuinely the, if like one of the best Disney heroines, but he is my favorite character in this movie. So she runs up to him. And at first he's really freaked out because she thinks, you know, it's a lunatic fan. And he's like, no, 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 listen, I'm the contest winner. I need to go, but I need to ride up to space. So can you like hook that up? And he's like, yeah, uh, guards. But then she picks up the statue. He's like, no, I made this. See, and because it has the little picture of her on there, he's like, oh, it is you, love. No, oh, no. Yes, you don't call. Oh, of course. And then like, uh... I don't know, I'm still need to keep no, doing the accent. the accent. And then, like, guards come and he's like, oh, we need to detain her. And he's like, boys, 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 do you think I'm going to disappoint my fans by not having the contest win out there? You're off your rock, I love. <laughs> and then they're like, and then they're like, listen, dude, we work for this guy. Like, we have to do it. And he's like, first of all, and he's like, Chelsea, whoever the, his handler is, like, get Zion on the shot of love, thank you. And then they're like, boys, are you going to be in Wincom forever or do you want a career? In rock and roll. <laughs> He loves saying rock and roll. This man could convince me to join a cult. I, never, <laughs> I get it. I get it. I get how he. Am I think we, we might as well rename this podcast the Cult of Protozoa. I literally could be convinced. He is so magical. Also, there are like four other members of Microbes. They don't get names. No one cares about them. It's the Protozoa show, baby, and I don't yeah, care. Yeah, this really was kind of an instinct situation. Like mm-hmm. they, there was a clear front man who was going to make it farther on mm-hmm. a solo career, and these he, background guys are just noise. Yeah. Yep, just the noise. They're just there to further his career. So uh, Protozoa goes up on the podium, talks in front of the audience, whatever. So no one really gets that anything is going on. Also, she called Aunt Judy and told her that she needed to leave, but she couldn't like give Tell her all the details. Anything. But Aunt Judy figures out Rightfully she's... Rightfully so. Freaks and, out. And Aunt Judy doesn't know that the space station is in trouble. She just thinks she's trying to get into space to go see Protozoa. Yeah. So she shows up at the show. She's like, hey, is my niece here? And they're like, yeah, she broke my gate. And she's like, okay, bye. And just runs in. And then she she confronts Wyndham and Lutz and is like, hey, where is my niece? And then he, he's like... 
she's not here. And then she's like, oh, yeah, she definitely is here. Plus the guy at the gate said she was. I don't know why she goes to them. That is the weirdest thing. Well, because she knows she, well, they're bad. Yeah, she, well, she, yeah, well, she thinks, I think she kind of thinks that they, they have took, took her, took her oh, or okay. something. And then that she's like, sense. and then Lutz and Wyndham look at each other. She's like, wait a minute, you don't think. And then they look. And again, Protozoa is just handing it up, like a gyrating in front of the crowd. And like, love him. He's like, this rock star in space. Yeah, baby. Yeah. And he gets on the space shuttle, and then they're like, oh, she's on the space shuttle. So they all, all three of them run to the space shuttle. They all managed to actually get on. I thought they were going to be delayed, but they try to stop the space shuttle, but it doesn't work. They still take off. And so Xenon's sitting comfortably, the whole band's situated, and they run in, and then the shuttle starts to take off. So they all get, the three of them get slammed against the wall. Because they're taking off as they were like, yes. Running and the then back. Xenon traps the two bad guys in like the luggage storage, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, and then she's like, Aunt Judy, we need to talk. And so they spend the whole ride explaining everything to her. We need to get this disc. And then she beats Prozo at poker, which is kind of funny. Um, and he also is just magical in the scene. He's like, oh, you whip a snapper. Okay. Uh, I'm doing a bad British accent. Yeah, I'm usually he, really he, she's like, are you I good can't thing? do like, I do like proper British, but I can't do like a really good like Mick Jagger. Mick like love. love, love, like a little bit good thing more edgy Good British. thing I'm better at cards than I can. Good thing I can sing better than I like play cards. cards. Like, he didn't say that. She does. But then she's like, oh, also, by the way, Protozoa, you might die. And he doesn't, and she's like. He's chill about yeah, it. Yeah, he, she doesn't say that. She's like, there's a little situation on the space I station. I think he also lives pretty fast. Yeah. And so. He's doing whatever 2049 yeah. version of Space Coke is. Oh. <laughs> whatever the I hot can, new drug is. His hairstyle tells me that. Oh, yeah. Everyone, look up a picture of Protozoa. I'll see if I can set it Some as a picture. Some of the, the best bleach tips. I, I'll see if I can set a picture of it as our uh, art on the website, but it's magical. It's great. But, but also, she traps the two guys in yeah, that so little that. Like, luggage compartment, right? Yeah, so then it's just Aunt Judy. And yeah, Sid. they're trapped in there the whole time. Aunt Judy is reacting how a normal human would react to she, be going to her imminent death. Well, yeah. She, well, she also hates space travel and everything, so yeah. she's freaked out about the whole thing. Uh, but so then we cut to the space station. Plank's freaking out. Xenon's parents are freaking out. Everyone's freaking out. There's sp- electrical sputtering. Lights are going on and off. It's all going down. And then they're like, uh, sir, also microbe is coming. And then he's like, uh, we'll oh, just damn it. send them back. And it's like, no, they'll die. They don't have enough fuel. fuel. And then he's like, oh, crap. All right, fine. And so they all show up and everything is in shambles. And they're like, we're having some technical difficulties, but it's going to be fine. We're good. I mean, we're good. And then Xenon and Judy like sneak on. And while everything's going down and it's all like shake, like occasionally things will like shake or whatever. And then, uh, but then the crew lets, uh, Wyndham and Lutz out of the storage bay and they're like, take us back to earth. It's like, we can't, we need fuel. Otherwise we'll never make it. And then Lutz is just like, this is a great plan, sir. Too bad we weren't supposed to be here. Cause everyone's going to die in 15 minutes. And then, uh, so they're trying to chase down Xenon and like stop her from like, I guess try to stop her from putting the virus in, even though they just need to get, but they're trying to get home too. They're trying, yeah. they go to Plank and are like, Plank, we need to get off this place right now. I need, I have a meeting or whatever. They're lying to him. And cause Plank runs into Xenon and Judy and it's like, car, what are you doing here? And she's like, no, sir, you don't understand. I'm here to save everything. And then he, he still doesn't believe her. He doesn't believe her. And but the also, other guy comes in and says that it's Xenon's fault and he's blaming which it. Which made me legit mad. I got so I was mad also at like, this well, thing. sir, how the fuck are you back in that line? Yeah. Because he, he's like, everything's happening is Xenon's fault because she was in the main memory unit. It's everything's wrong. Don't listen to this girl. Put her in the break. And he's like, no, take you guys go to, to take care of things. Uh, I'll go to my office. We'll talk about this later. And she's like, no, we don't have time to talk about this. But also. She locks. Also, Jude, there's like a jolt and or she runs into Commander Plank. Judy and Judy and her Commander Plank. And he's like, oh, who are you? And she's like, I'm Xenon's Aunt Judy. And she's like. Hello, I'm Judy Clang. Judy Clang, and she's like, I'm I'm Commander Plank, and then they're like, clearly a thing clearly there. Clearly, love it Which, which, if you know, uh, the Xenon trilogy, it was very Lunarius. Ah, uh, 
Uh, but uh, if you know the Xenon trilogy, that romance goes places, even though it's kind of just thrown in at the end. But even though he wants to bang her, he locks Judy and Xenon in his yeah, office. Yeah, they lock him in the office. And then so she calls Ned. Well, she has Greg call Neb because her thing's broken. And then he's like, hey, we're trapped in Plank's office. Call Neb. Tell us to get her out of here. So her, Neb and Leo, like, climb through the air ducts and get her out of there. Well, she tries to do the ceiling tiles, and she goes, oh, the one building <laughs> thing where the ceiling tiles don't come loose. And, and so then I was like, you're on a hunk of metal <laughs> floating through space, and your ceiling tiles come yeah, loose? Yeah. But Drill that shit but, but also the gag is that she pops, uh, Neb pops out of the ceiling tile. She's like, that's how I'm with plan B, if <laughs> she comes down like the air duct. Yeah, so they crawl out of the air duct, and I will admit, this is honestly kind of tense. It was very tense. Like, it's, these people are moments away from plunging to their death. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, there's some tension in the air. And, and also, Commander Plank doesn't even have a fucking plan. Like, no. we walk into this room where they are, like, frantically, like, banging on computers trying to save the pl- yeah, just, space station because they are, what, 10 seconds from complete mm-hmm. total And then failure? literally with, like, the se- the first second in command is, like, any last thoughts, Commander Plank, yeah. before we all die, pretty much? And he's like, mm, no. And then Xenon runs, he's like, excuse me, I've got it. And they're like, Car, what are you doing? He's like, listen, Plank, I know you're a dick, but let me do listen, this. Listen to me for five seconds. And then again, like, she puts the disc in the drive and they try and stop her, but she does it anyway. And then, like, Lutz had to enter a password to upload the virus, so she's just, like... We never understand how she knows. How does she know the password? Well, she has, like, seven different tries at it. I thought there was going to be, like, a thing where you figured out what it was or something. But, no, she's just typing, like, random hieroglyphics into the computer. They are hieroglyphics. Yeah, what point? Yeah, I saw, like, the sign for, like, a Pisces. Like, yeah, the astrological sign. You could have just done dots. It would have worked fine. Um, but then, like, there's, like, a countdown of, like, oh, critical systems failure in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, what? And then she gets the password right, and Xenon saved everyone's Woo, lives. And then her parents and everyone's really all oh, about every, her job yeah, everyone, and how great she is. And Plank, was, her parents are so... After they were talking a lot of shit. And then Windham and Lutz come in, and Plank is like, oh, uh, Commander, arrest those two men. And by arrest, I mean walk up and cross your arms at them, like, hmm. Because she, <laughs> she doesn't put them in handcuffs or anything. She's just like, you know what you, you did. You know what you did. And, like, um, and yeah, it's revealed that basically... Uh, like we said, this whole thing was an insurance scam. Completely. Was, I don't know who insures a space station. But an but... insurance scam where thousands of people had to die. Yes. And, well, and they, yeah, that's the reason they sent Microbe there. But um, after she saved the space station, we cut to the Microbe concert. Probably one of the most famous scenes from this movie where Microbe is performing and right before, they just finish a song and then they're like, all right, all right. Well, we all know Xenon Ka was the contest winner, but... How do you save everyone's life on the space station? You really can't top that by dancing with old protozoa. So, we, she had two requests. One, that she dedicate this song to a very lucky, lucky boy named Greg. Greg. <laughs> and Greg is like on like the iPad. Giving a look. Giving a look. A sultry look. A sultry look. look. And then protozoa. The beautiful muse that he is starts singing. Launches into some dancing and some hot choreo. That we, and it's singing the song that we heard, that you heard at the break, and we have referenced multiple times in the song. Let's, Emma, let's break him off a little piece. Zoom, 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 make my heart go boom, boom, my supernova. Zoom, 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 make my heart go boom, boom, my supernova. Girl, interplanetary, megastellar, hydrostatic, there's no gravity between us. Our love is automatic. It's a great song. It's, hey, guys, it's still bangs. It's still a bop. And, like, I feel, I feel bad because we're probably going to do head-to-head next year for our thing. This is probably going to win. We're going to have to pick a real good movie to top I, this. This is hard. going to be hard to top. Unless we do like High School Musical or like Camp Rock in the coming year, 
I don't think this can be topped. This was pretty this iconic. Is pretty, this is pretty iconic. And also, you didn't forget the end. Well, I'm getting to the end. Because then he stops halfway through the song and he's like, and number two, she asked that her very best friend, Nebula take Way, a take up that winning dance and come up and dance with her protozoa. And Neb is like so thankful. It's a really this cute scene. This was really cute it's because a cute scene between Neb was really bailing Xenon you know, out of a lot of shit yeah. throughout this movie. Mm-hmm. And like she worked really hard on the essay and she said, you're a Lunarius writer, Neb. Mm-hmm. And they were just very supportive They're... of each other. And I really think that this this warmed my heart. If there was a point that I almost cried, it was during this. It's really cute. And then but I was bobbing And then Protozoa was like, someone better come up here before I get a complex. <laughs> that was the best. And then she never... Guys, I would watch a full Protozoa <laughs> spinoff. Can film. we get a Protozoa origin movie, please? The fact that there wasn't one is upsetting. Yeah, but so- also, on this dude's Wikipedia page, it literally says, achieved cult status by playing Protozoa oh, in the Xenon movies. Everyone, welcome to the first meeting of the cult of Protozoa. Also, he's definitely one of those roles because he's literally in it for 15 minutes at the end and, and he does the song it. and it's really one of those roles that you can tell that everyone had the same reaction to that we did which, which was, was like I this guy him. I, I would literally him do, do anything for him because he then makes it into the like next two movies I don't remember I don't know how much he's in the second one but he's in the third one he's specifically important to them and he also releases another banger for the third one <laughs> he can't be stopped he cannot be stopped Protozoa if Philip Reese listen please release a full like Protozoa album we'll like, buy it get in the studio just crank it out we will buy it we will promote it we will do everything in our power make this happen we'll do it we'll buy it yeah so neb gets on stage and is dancing with protozoa and they get real into it and they keep the song going and her parents come up some more and are just like you're amazing i'm so proud of you same things i want to say yeah, to xenon you know what? fuck you though parents now she's amazing yeah well yeah but i mean that's what i would say to xenon if i saw her if she appeared to me in a dream i'd be like xenon you're the best i love you and uh, then she blows a little kiss to Cody on the little iPad thing. and Not ca- Cody. No, Greg. Greg. Why did I say Cody? I don't know. Who's, Who's Cody? Cody? <laughs> oh, he's from the 13th year. That's what um, it is. Uh, they have a similar haircut. Yeah, they do have a similar haircut. But uh, she kisses blows a kiss to Greg, and that's her movie. That's it. And guys... There is a moment where the dad calls him a Brussels sprout. She says... She does like a uh, Pepe Le Pew like, Oh, come here, my little Brussels sprout. As they're dancing. And that didn't but fit the dad's any a, part the dad's of dad's a freaking weirdo. And I kinda, I'm kind of loving it. But like, it was very out of place. But that was Xenon Girl of the 21st Century. And guys, it's so freaking good. I recommend it. Like, alright. I, I feel like we've sung its praises enough. Let me say what I didn't like about it. The villain's plot is very flimsy. The insurance they're, game is a weak. It's also just like... It's such like an epic thing. Like the space station is twenty forty nine. The fact that his big thing is just like he's poor and needs insurance money. Yeah, just kind of a letdown. And it's really not treated with a lot of weight either. No. Like aside from the fact that everyone's gonna die, it's just like oh he needs money whatever. Um, Gregory is kind of a bland character. He's not. Greg, that, yeah. yeah. He's not that interesting of a. He just gives a lot of looks. Yeah, he's just not. That, but like Kirsten Storms carries this film. I know I said her acting can kind of vary. On her back. On but, her but small it's, back. You're endeared to her. You want to see her do everything. You want to see her succeed. There's kind of a tension. Commander Plank is great. Raven Simone as Nebula is great. We don't hand this out lightly. This is a must-watch Disney Channel original. Oh, it's fantastic. You should watch this movie. It, you need it. It'll fill you up in all the right places. Oh, it's, you need it all, you need all it. over yourself. It's a fantastic film. It's a good movie. So do we want to do rankings, taglines, plugs? Or how do we want to mix that up? Because we have a tagline. Rankings, tagline. That sounds good. Okay. So, all right. Before everyone who listens to this, well, not everyone, eagle-eared, nope, 
bat-eared, I guess, because they have good hearing. Listeners will notice that I promised I would have all the uh, rankings up on the website. I talked to our web guy. He's working on it, but they're not up. Probably won't be up by the time you see this, but it'll be up. It's in the works, I promise. I apologize. It wasn't up when I said it would be. Our rankings. These are for these are the, these are the rankings of the first 12 movies, so this is the first one of the new year. My rankings. The 13th year, Minuteman, Kim Possible, so the drama. Halloween Town, Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off, You Wish, Smart House, Teen Beach Movie, Pixel Perfect, Princess Protection Program, Get a Clue, Johnny Tsunami. Emma's rankings, Get a Clue, Halloween Town, Teen Beach Movie, Minute Men, 13th Year, Princess Protection Program, Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off, Pixel Perfect, Johnny Tsunami, Kim Possible, Smart House, You Wish. It's number one for me. I'm putting it right up there. I'm putting it at number one. Yeah, too. we gotta put it at number one. I can't not put it. It's my number so good. One, my number one is the thirteenth year, and this is leaps and bounds it's above the thirteenth year. It's better. It's better. I'm sorry. I don't know if I'll ever dethrone this. I hope that like we come across something that's better, but this is my number one. I guys. think I. I mean, I feel like like when we get to like High School Musical, it might get dethroned or something. But this is easily the number one. Like these other movies don't even compare. It's not even close. It's so freaking good. It's just. It's delightful. It just mm. makes you happy to oh, watch 100%. it. It's like you feel it, like it knows it's just like a fun kid adventure in space, and you're along for the ride because there's Kirsten Storm. There's laughs. There's, there's action. Drama. There's tension. It's there's hijinks. There's it's everything you want in the Disney Channel original Fantastic. movie. It is. I'm gonna say, it is the quintessential '90s era Disney Channel original movie. Great. I because it it holds the spot in the canon. It also like in the like realm of these movies where everyone brings up Xenon. Like, mm-hmm. when you talk about Disney Channel, it's like, oh, Xenon, you know, Halloween Town. Like, it it earns that spot. It it's, is not a fluke it, it holds it up. There. It holds up. It holds up. It's a fantastic film. But uh, let's talk about our tagline, because I know we already did head-to-head, so we don't need to do two games, but you know what? It's the 20... It's the... Yeah. No, I almost said 20th anniversary. <laughs> it's the first... It's the first anniversary. Because <laughs> I saw 21st century, so my, my mind... Maybe in 2049, it'll yeah. be... <laughs> um, so... Our tagline this month, she it's really bad. We I was told Emma earlier so she could prepare a tagline. It sucks. She's a she's one galactic girl who saves the day in a stellar way. I thought they were gonna try and rhyme like with girl, like a rhyme with girl, but they go with saves the day in a stellar way, and it just doesn't work. It's bad. It's too long. It's too long. Um, my tagline is featuring Protozoa, our new Lord and Savior, because <laughs> he is. The, he should have been in He should have been. He should have been in, in headline. Headline of his appearance. Mine is read my flapping lips. <laughs> this is an insurance scam. <laughs> an insurance scam. Which is what you should have said or, to everyone on that space or station. An intergalactic insurance scam. It's an intergalactic insurance scam. scam. It's also not really intergalactic because it takes place in our galaxy, but just space words. They throw in just space words everywhere. Oh, and everywhere. I, and I'm on. I'm on board for it. Who cares? I'm also, I'm, Hypergalactic hijinks. Hypergalactic hijinks. Ugh, so many better ones. I love feel like it. I feel Anything. like this, this movie got gypped for tagline. This is a bad one for how good this movie is. Don't love is. it. It's bad. But uh man, we had those at the ready. Usually it like takes us a minute Didn't to like know. We had it. We're very, very good. Um, so I think that's it for us. Actually, it's not all from us. Despite the fact we've been doing this for a year, we actually forgot to say which movie we're watching next month. So since Emma picked for Xenon, it's my month to pick for September. So come back next month for 2001's The Poof Point, starring Taj Maori, in which his scientist parents try to invent an anti-aging machine, and the things go a little screwy. Emma actually didn't get to hear what movie I picked either, so she's finding out about it right now, so I hope she's okay with it. Uh, even though that really doesn't matter, it's my month to pick anyway, so...
But let's talk about some plugs real quick because, yeah. as always, you can find us on audioentropy.com uh, on our website. Uh, we got all the episodes up there. I think it look, looks really great, uh, and I f- hope you do too. So check us out there. Uh, if you have time, please rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps a lot. But also, uh, I just want to say thank you guys for listening so much. It's been like... We've been doing it's been this for a good year. It's been a good year. But what's been as good for me, yeah. you as it has for me. It's been, it, we have fun doing the show. I hope you have fun listening to it. And here's to another, I guess, 11, because this, this is our first one. So here's to 11 more. And thank you so much for listening, rating, reviewing, telling people about it, tweeting about it, tweeting at us. I really, pre- I really I appreciate the, really appreciate the feedback from some of our listeners. Uh, it's just, I really, it's really nice knowing how much you guys like the show. So thank you so much for listening. And... It's not going anywhere as far as we... I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's not going anywhere. Whether you like it or not, bitches. Whether you like it or not. Emma, where can people find you on Twitter? At Emma Stone Tyler on Twitter. Also, all right. follow us on Twitter, at Decom Podcast. I almost forgot to mention that. For new episodes, hot decom scoops, and good decom memes when I find them and or make them. Because I made a pretty good one about Xenon that I was really proud of. I'm excited to see it. You liked oh, it Oh, yeah, I did. You liked yeah. it. I thought you were just being... I thought okay. you were seeing a new one that like, no, hadn't I haven't got up yet. I thought of another I thought of doing one of the Distracted Boyfriends ones, but I, I couldn't figure out how to make that one work. But that's going to do it for us, guys. Thank you so much for listening for rating, reviewing. Thank you so much for listening. And one more time, Emma. Zeeslapetus. <laughs> bye. DCOMs forever. Chelsea, when I tell you the real reason I squeaked, you're going to Nova. No, no way. Supernova. Guarantee oh, just tell me. Microbe is coming here for the very first rock concert in space. <laughs> what happened? What I miss? Xenon says microbes coming right to this very station. Not a giant screen performance, not a hologram. They're appearing in their Lunarius heart fluttering flesh. I heard it on the CRR News. Xenon, please control yourself. Control myself, sir, Commander. Lieutenant Schiff, control myself. Control myself when my all time crush major is coming to our humble hall. Let's spread the word.